0: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And it's our annual vacation week, so we have pre-recorded episodes. And, Justin, we're doing our first ever Best of Podcast.
1: Hey, Bobby Skinner. Hope everybody had a really good 4th of July. Hope you had a lot of burgers. Hope you had a lot of dogs. Hope you uh, didn't blow your hands off uh, shooting off some fireworks. Shout out JPP Circa 2013. You have a memory like an elephant because when it comes to these podcasts and and stuff, I mean, I I can't even count how many shows I've pressed published on uh, in in my in my short little life, and I have a very bad memory for what's good moments, what's bad moments, et cetera, et cetera. So you put together these moments, and uh, uh, excited for people to to hear just how bad the audio quality was and just how bad the video quality was at some points of our of our history.
0: It's not. It's not. Too bad. Um, I actually thought for the most part it was pretty good. Um, so it's going to include eight player interviews. Um, and I'll uh tell you right now what we have. We got Dave Tollison, Darnay Holmes, Nick Gates, Rich Soybert, Kevin Zeitler, Andrew Thomas, uh, Brandon Jacobs. That one will be the shortest or the second shortest because it was recent, and then sandra Platzkamer. And then we have uh five segments when we called Glenda Jones. People don't know that one, that was a very funny one. Yep. Um, Little Caesars, which turned into like a epic moment in show history. Um, Gordy on a bridge, he was suicidal in our voicemail line. Um, we have my first ever rant, like some of my favorite content on the podcast. Justin is when I like have been stewing on something for a full day, and I just have like a page of notes, and I'm like, give me give me five six minutes just to rant straight through on this. My very first rant talking about Daniel Jones in the media after the draft.
1: And 2019 is when you went after people a lot more than you do now oh yes big time
0: and then <laughs> a, a portion the beginning of maybe my favorite podcast not our best podcast but my favorite podcast was uh titled weird in new york it was the dolphins preview when i went up to the bronx in 2019 so um first we're gonna do dave Tolson. dave Tolson uh was really good i think this is actually the longest um interview sound uh interview portion that we are taking on this because i thought he just was very open with us, you know. So that was awesome, and Tollison's become a friend of ours. So, um, let's kick it to Dave Tolleson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get back to the Lane Kiffin part, but was there ever a point once you kind of stab yourself, you know, after the 2007 year, where it's like, man, I wish I didn't have all these like all pros in front of me on the depth chart? Because I mean, it was probably the most stacked D lines in like in NFL history.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to be the only defensive end for those five years that's not going to be in the ring of honor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to figure something out. So you hand, with you I,
2: I tell all of them, straight O.C. and Tucker already. It's going to be interesting with JPP, which you could probably make an argument. That kid played some really good football for us in New York. I always tell him I'm going to write my name in Sharpie underneath theirs on the Arizona stadium.
3: We,
0: we'll, what we can do so you don't get in those like bad graces for doing that, we'll we'll set that up and do it for <laughs> you. Think.
1: Here's the deal: we'll, we'll uh, we're gonna have a Talking Giants rig of Honor. We're just gonna decide this right now. Talking Giants rig of Honor. Dave Tolfson's gonna be the first uh, first inductee of the Talking Giants first, rig of Honor.
2: Guys, this is the first time I've ever been inducted to anything. I didn't graduate from high school, so I'm not in my high school hall of fame. I didn't graduate from college, so I'm not in my college Hall of Fame. And I sure as hell ain't in the ring of honor for the New York Giants. So this, I, this is my first one. I appreciate it, guys.
0: You inspired an idea. We're going to go and get, like, the grittiest guys from those two Super Bowls and just make, like, a separate area for them. Um, for
2: sure. That'd be awesome, man. You guys all heard this story. It started in 2007 when we did the High Motor Wall of Fame. No, I
0: don't. I don't remember. I mean, I remember the NASCAR package and the creating of that.
2: And so we had that whole NASCAR package thing. So me and Zach Diossi started the high motor white guy wall of fame in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) We call those Gruden grinders. So we had pictures of like Tom Coughlin in college. We had the the equipment guys, the Skiba brothers up there, like in their youth football equipment, we had, uh, Fegals. We took, we took half a picture of Brian Keel and half a picture of Dominic Hickson. And we inducted their white side because they were
4: mixed.
2: <laughs> hilarious, man.
0: You know, and this and D- Dave at, at nose guard Super Bowl 46, you know, you beat your guy, you kind of <laughs> get your arm around Brady He's falling, and then Tuck lands on top of him, and you don't get a credit for a Super Bowl sack. I mean, we're gonna get you in our own Ring of Honor. Is there any way we can talk with Tuck and fix this? Well,
2: I don't want to sound like Mark Gaston. Yeah, it's that's funny though. Like that's the joke. I mean, and and honestly, guys, like you had asked earlier, Justin, about if, or, or maybe it was you, Bobby, about me having all these guys in front of me and I could, there was, but, but, I, I wasn't, I just wanted to play. So like, for me, it was never about like I deserved more or, or I, I knew I could start. I started one game against the Redskins. I had like eight tackles in a sack and I played pretty good. We lost the game, but I thought I played pretty good, but it wasn't, I was never really concerned about that. Like O.C. and Tuck specifically, because we played five years together, always treated me like an equal. It was never, um, and Matthias. So funny story about that 2011 game that I started, which is this. I'm telling you guys, we're going to do like 10 podcasts. My no. brother was a U.S. Marine, and he did his last tour when I was in. I just went to NFL Europe. He was coming back his second tour. And so it was crazy. I had his dog tags. I still have them. When I started that game, it was the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. And that's when my – that's why my brother had got in. So it was like some really crazy kind of emotional stuff for me that I was – that was the only game I was probably going to ever start. So I wasn't going to start. They asked Matthias to start a defensive in that game. And I didn't – I, I had never heard this before until I read an article about it a couple years ago. Didn't know it. Tuck's hurt. OC's hurt we move up Justin Troteau from practice squad and who was our, it would have been JPP was the other starting defensive end, right? They asked Matthias, he'd play linebacker all camp to move to defensive end and start that game. He's like, Nope. He's like, I'm not going to take Dave's spot. Dave deserves a start. That's it. Or I'm not playing. And like, for me personally, that's always what concerned me is they knew I was reliable that, I, they could trust me. Um, so, you know, the junk punch sack in the Super Bowl, because there's like a picture on the internet. It looks like I'm grabbing his unit, you know?
0: <laughs> We're gonna, we'll find it. If there is <laughs> but
2: how do you, like, I mean, what am I, who am I? Like, I, I'm the guy that bitches about that. Like, I just won my second Super Bowl ring.
0: From the sound of it and, you know, from us as, as fans of the team from the outside looking at it, I mean, it really does seem like you guys were a family, and maybe other teams, like, like have this and we don't see it because we don't, you know, we're not up and close. But, I mean, something special. I mean, like, just like that that offensive line, you know, from David Deal to Kareem McKenzie on the other side, those guys, you still see them hanging out today. You know, we got to talk with Soybert, and I, he's like, we genuinely liked each other and loved each other. And you have, you know, all different types of personalities from those guys to guys like Brandon Jacobs and Plax. And then Eli at the head of it. I mean, kind of like a wild time and like a good memory for you guys. And, and it seems like every time anything happened with Eli, you guys were there to defend him. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when he was benched. Let's kind of like go down that road to some like, of your reactions of that family and how we saw it, out, it come out. Tom oh. Coughlin gets fired or, you know, resigned. But we know it's fired. And I don't remember what your reaction was, but I mean, what were your thoughts on that for a guy that had won them two Super Bowls and probably didn't have the best teams out there in the last few years?
2: Yeah, um, obviously, I I love Tom dearly. Um, He's one of the greatest coaches I ever played for. And one thing I always respected about him was he's always really honest with what his expectations were of me personally. It's something you just don't get in the NFL, everybody beats around the bush and I remember the last time I got cut, Dennis Allen called me from the Raiders right when I got cut from the Raiders and I retired midway through the next year but he's like, hey Dave, we really appreciate everything I said, Dennis, come on, like you don't need a sugarcoat cutting me It' was like the sixth time I've been cut. I appreciate it you know, whereas Tom was more honest which I enjoyed um as far as the Tom firing resigning whatever did not bother me near as much as how they treated Eli and I think a lot of guys would say that because Tom would 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 push back from the he would push back on his players he would push back on the media I mean he was a very strong opinioned man you know
1: and Eli's the opposite
2: and that, I I don't want to say that specifically because Eli's probably one of the toughest people I've ever met in my okay, life. Okay. Absolutely. He just doesn't get involved. And so that's why you got what you got from us
1: when they benched him. Because, because you knew for a fact that you weren't going to hear from anybody else.
2: Exactly. And, yeah. and, and it was our job, as we took it, when we played for him, that you weren't going to treat him that way. And if you were, you were going to hear it from us, not just rich and Dave and Chris and cream and, 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 but you were going to hear from the defensive guys too. Um, And I'll never forget. Um, I just remember this story recently. I remember Eli got hit really hard against the Ravens in 2008. And I didn't do anything back to anybody, like, on the Ravens, and it bothered me, and I apologized to him after the game. I said, if anybody treats you like that again, if I have a chance, I'm going to try to kill the other team's quarterback. He was like, I appreciate that, Dave. And so, like, that was the relationship. Like, it wasn't like, you know, offensive linemen will defend their quarterback. Like, we were going to defend Eli. Like, he was our guy. Because not that he wouldn't defend himself. Like, that's where it gets really confusing with Eli, because he's not a pussy, right? Can I say that on this?
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: Um he's really not. He's just not gonna get involved. Like, which we are cool with that, because we'll handle it. Like, Eli, that's good. You stay back, we'll whoop the shit out of somebody. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that either, but
0: fly free, man. You're good. (laughs) Um so with that, like it's kinda like that big brother. Like you said, he wasn't soft or anything, but it was like it was like he's not gonna talk like he's not gonna say anything through the media. Mm-hmm. or or a comeback you know he doesn't have any like kind of online presence and we saw that at his it's been one it's one of the weirdest careers because you know he retires and it's an awesome moment it's one of those times where all of Giants fans can come together and like enjoy something and then from the national view it's like we got to get clicks let's you know let's let's take shots at Eli at his retirement and i mean it's like we kind of led the defense brigade on that when you look at eli's career like what is What are your total thoughts on him? Obviously, like I know you think he's a a first-bout Hall of Famer, but it's like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm losing the point of this question. But when you think of Eli Manning and tell your kids about Eli Manning, what do you tell them?
2: He started 210 straight football games in the National Football League. Guys, I was a backup. I started one game. I think the most I made was like, and I'm just talking about appearing in my case, right? I probably appeared in 28 straight games. Maybe you realize yeah. how tough, physically tough, you have to be at a position when they're literally trying to destroy your life every mm-hmm. chance you get. That you have that part of it, but then you have the mental aspect of it, where like we play defensive line, and I don't want to sell ourselves short, but like we goof around a lot. You know what I mean? Like, you know, especially with pass rush stuff, it was a lot more. I'm kind of making light of it, but it was pretty complicated what we were doing up front. But we knew what we were doing, and, and we were really playing reactionary football. So, but Eli was the first guy and the last guy out on the mental study part of. Then you have the media side of it, like that whole year in 2011. Remember when he said he was elite? Like it was a joke.
1: Yeah, Man, on the K made, show, on the K show, made, yeah,
2: yeah, they made fun of him. You know, like. Eli showed up to work every time he was asked to show up. I mean, how many grown men in any profession can you say that about?
0: And I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Like, you know, people do talk about that, but they just think like, oh, he got lucky. He never got injured. I mean, that 2007 year, he was supposed to be out for, you know, a month to two months after a week. You know, he suffered an injury against Dallas. And you know what? If he misses that time, like most QB wins. Would, you guys don't win that Super Bowl, so I also don't think he gets enough credit for that.
2: Guys, he didn't miss a practice. He didn't miss a meeting. He didn't miss an off-season workout. I mean, that's the incredible thing about it. And with all due respect to what you guys do for a living, have you guys missed a day of work?
0: Well, I'm actually pretty good on my streak, but, yes, I, I have missed a day of work.
2: And what do you have, 18 years or 16? 16. How many you got going, Bobby? Uh,
0: well, I took some time off in December, so Uh-oh. I'm, I'm Uh-oh. only at two, I'm
1: only
2: at two months, Dave. Justin,
1: <laughs> Dave, I literally missed like my first two classes last Friday because I overslept.
2: Yeah. All right, uh, and and again, <laughs> I, I'm like, dude, I missed practice in the NFL because I was sick one day. You know, like that's Hall of Fame worthy within itself. Like as difficult as that is, you know. I mean, you know, that- and
1: and the and in the Hall of Fame debate, you know, this has been something that uh, a lot of people have—they've tried to downplay that. They've tried to downplay the value of being there, especially when you consider this is the most important position in all of sports. You know, this isn't just the most important position of football. It's the most important position in all sports. People have tried to downplay that fact of the value of being there for your football team in that kind of role. Um, So I want to thank you for really bringing that up and bringing that to light, Um, especially uh, thanks to uh, thanks to uh, Pro Football Focus, who uh, who really downplays that. So had to throw that in there? Pro Football
2: Focus are a bunch of idiots.
0: Yes, Dave, I, I lead the war against that. Justin likes him a little bit, but
2: I lead the war. How do you <laughs> base a grade in a, uh, on a player in a game when you don't know the call? I, Dave, Dave. You know how many times Dave, you, you I talked about making this podcast long?
0: You're going to get me fired up and we're going to go. You know home. how
2: many times, Bobby, the design of the pass rush was for me to get double teamed or literally to be stagnant at the line of the scrimmage and cover guys up when they made moves. Right. Like and that was my job. Yeah, I, I agree. with To you, get blocked, not necessarily blocked, but to be in an area.
0: Yeah. And and like you said, like this, you never you don't know what a guy's role is. You don't know when, you know, a, a route is ran wrong anyways. But but Justin, yeah. you have yeah. a, a question about the what celebration podcast about that. Yeah,
1: Dave, uh, Dave, you can't see it. But uh, uh Bobby Skinner right now is fist pumping. And he's absolutely <laughs> loving that you just brought that up. So uh, I want to I want to move to uh, I want to move to talking about your sack celebrations. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been a re- I've been a regular season ticket holder for the Giants. I believe I was in section three thirty in the old stadium. Then we moved to the new stadium. I'm in section three fifteen, and I'm pretty sure for the span of your entire career, I didn't miss a single home game of yours. But I do remember in particular Christmas Eve, third and ten, you line up as a defensive tackle, in NASCAR formation with Tuck and JPP. You sacked Mark Sanchez. So when you got up, what did you do?
2: So that was the, that was the roadhouse. So that wasn't the first one, though. Right, the, right. The first, the genesis of this, okay, as you guys have been talking to me for like 45 minutes now, maybe almost an hour, like, guys, I was in the NFL. Like, it's like a joke within a joke. It's like my life is like curb your enthusiasm, but real. You know, like, so we're flying to the Metrodome and the Metrodome collapses. So we land in Kansas City. So we're, we're kind of like no one really. Well, no, first we land in Kansas City because the storm gets too bad. Well, then the Metrodome collapses. So we're like, what are we going to do? Well, We'll stay in the night here and the NFL is going to figure it out. Well, my wife's from the Kansas City area. She was born and raised there um, for a short time. So I ordered the tacos. From this place called In-A-Tub Tacos. Right off 29. Unbelievable. They use macaroni powder cheese on their tacos, dude. Deep fried. Unbelievable. So, I ordered like 250 tacos for the guys. We're staying like a Holiday Inn. This is a Saturday. They come. We're watching Family Guy. And it's that episode where Peter Griffin's around kicking everything and everybody. And every time he does it, he goes, Roadhouse. <laughs> So Barry Cofield's like, I bet you won't do that as a sack celebration. I said, I he'd bet your ass I will. So we fight at Detroit to play Minnesota in Detroit, which is another story on it within itself. It was like it was like World War Z when they opened the doors. Anyways, we and I get a sack and I do it. And everybody loved it, man. Everybody loved it. So that was like. In 2011, I ended up having five sacks, so it was like on like Donkey Kong, man. Roadhouse,
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> you get to do as much roadhouse as you want. All right, Dave, I'm gonna finish it up. All right, next, Darnay Holmes. This is the shortest clip on this, Justin, because our interview with Darnay Holmes was very short, and he was advertising his youth football camp, and he kind of viewed us as like I'm like as just a. You know, I want to get my youth football camp out there and I don't want to answer any real questions. So we just started asking wild questions to just see if we could get in the laugh. Um, and this was one of my this was one of my favorite questions in show history ever. Did you, the What do you think of the Darnay Holmes interview and in whole?
1: Um, I kind of knew heading into it that. It wasn't going to be like some of our other interviews. I knew it wasn't going to be like Gates, especially wasn't going to be like the Brandon Jacobs one that we just did. It was going to be one of those interviews where it's like, yeah, it's 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 good for you to come on the show because it was at a slow point in the offseason. And it was also good that we were helping out uh, LPG. We were helping out him by getting the, the foundation kind of out there, the Pasadena Giants. So um, it was, you did get him to laugh. It took him a while in this clip, but... You did get him to laugh, and it's kind of cringe, but it's also really freaking hilarious when you listen back to it.
0: We actually had our last Golden Tate fight on the Darnay Holmes interview episode. Oh, thank so, God. Um, so here is Darnay Holmes. So Justin brought up that, that Dallas game, and I feel like that was the game where Giants fans from the outside were like, hey, maybe we got some here because you played really well against CeeDee Lamb. Now, this is an immature question because it, it goes through my mind, but Whenever you did stop him, did you ever make, like, a CDs nuts jokes? Because I, I wouldn't be able to stop myself if I was guarding CD Lamp.
6: Oh, what joke?
0: Yes. You never heard – well, have you ever heard the joke, you like cassettes or CDs? Uh-uh. Well, what do you prefer, cassettes or CDs?
2: I'm going to go with cassettes.
0: Oh, damn. Well, if you say CDs, then you say CDs nuts. So every time I hear CD <laughs> Lamp – I, I think of that i think of that every time it's 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 burnt into my immature brain um, so i i i had to go with, go and and finish off of that so we're uh we're finishing up du- duly Again.
1: duly noted darnay holmes is not a trash talker do du- do du- duly noted
0: well just I, I, that's a free one on me use that next year um C- you know.
1: cd's nuts on cd land that's what that's what the talking giants guys that's that's a goal that we would like you to say you come up with cd lamb you have a pass deflection on him Do, hey you see Maybe that you look into CD's a camera
0: nuts. and i like could cap and, yeah you know we're, we're we're making all these plans for you in your mind you're probably like no i'm not doing any of this so
2: yeah yeah i got a good podcast
5: going.
0: we, try, Go we like- try we try we try uh I mean, we just we just had Rich Soybert on, and uh, we ended up getting ourselves in a little trouble there too. So we, Darnay, we appreciate <laughs> you one last time. All right, next. This is from Justin's first ever episode of Talking Giants. Actually, no, that's check that. I thought it was the first one. It was actually the second episode of Talking Giants. Justin, yes, that I joined, and yeah. it was the episode when Joe Judge was hired as the Giants' head coach. So the like that's a huge episode for us at the time of the most downloaded episode ever, and. We got uh, a wrong phone call number because we used to have a voicemail line. We had a wrong phone call number, and the late the legend of Glenda Jones. You at the time, I thought you were kind of like like, why are you doing this?
1: No, I, I was legit. Like I, you know, so I would just check the voicemail line. I would get an I would get an email whenever we would get a voicemail, and despite there being a whole greeting of "This is the Talking Giants line," this old woman, Daniel Jones's grandmother, left us a voicemail.
0: And she told us to call her back, and we we called her back. (laughs) So here is Daniel Jones' grandmother, Glenda Jones. We said if you call in, we're not going to advertise voicemails, but if you leave a voicemail, we'll play it. So play that damn voicemail.
6: This is Glenda Jones, and I need to talk to uh, Marty. Would you ask her to please call me? Thank you.
0: So. Justin, you heard the clicking of the phone. That was from a home phone. That
1: was Glenda Jones. Yeah.
0: Now, do we think this is Daniel Jones' grandma? And this is a test to see how nice we'll be to Miss Glenda
1: Jones? 1,000% it definitely is. Did you? Because you know I'm, I'm close friends I with respect- Daniel Jones. So are you. We're both close friends with Daniel Jones in uh, interesting ways.
0: We've done some pretty weird research that we're not going to bring I up I met on his mom. Um, we've discussed. That is true. Um. <laughs> Have you met his grandma? Uh, no,
1: she was not in the family tent during the preseason.
0: <laughs> How did she call that number? Where does she get that? And wh- and who is this woman named Marty? Uh, we do
1: need to find Marty. <laughs> Glenda Jones needs to call Marty.
0: I was going to say Marty. I was going to say Marty Brodeer, but
1: Marty Brodeer is a man. Yeah, tough. Um, but uh, the funny thing is, when you call that phone number that is set up for the Talking Giants voicemail, when you call that number, the phone doesn't even ring. What comes up is my voice, and it says, "You have reached the Talking Giants' voicemail. If you leave a voicemail, there is a chance you can be featured on the show. Without further ado, let's talk giants." So all of, so that <laughs> greeting was completely ignored by Glenda Jones, and I'm saying this out of respect, <laughs> out of respect and reverence for Glenda Jones, who is Daniel Jones's grandmother, but she completely ignored, she test. completely ignored the fact that this is a Talking Giants voicemail line. It is not Marty. I clearly said what it was for. So I did say that there's a chance you could be on the show. So congratulations, Glenda Jones.
0: Hey, watch your tone.
1: I, I'm watch sorry. Watch
0: your tone when you're talking about Miss, Miss, Mrs. Glenda I naturally come our, off as sassy. That's our QB's grandmother, and we will show her respect.
1: So that's it. That's the only voicemail. <laughs>
0: Play it again.
6: This is Glenda Jones and I need to talk to uh Marty. Would you ask her to please call me?
0: Thank you. Do you have the phone number? I do. Text it to me. You can edit the phone number out. I'm gonna call it right now. Alright, we're calling Glenda Jones. I'm gonna figure out if this is Daniel Jones' grandmother. Hopefully <laughs> she answers. It's a little late now. It's her nine bedtime. Nine oh nine
1: should silly. you say it's marty
0: i'm gonna say is is your hello hey it's um is your grandson daniel uh around this is hello? hi this is jake um we talked earlier i was uh you told me the call about your grandson daniel is, is he around no he's not here honey but you have a grandson named daniel you have is this is this uh, Daniel Daniel Jones's grandmother? I
6: don't know. He hadn't said a thing to me.
0: Say it again. He hadn't said anything to me. But this is this is his, this is Daniel's grandmother. I have the right number, correct?
6: Well, where where is it supposed to be?
0: Is do you have a grandson named Daniel?
5: Do I have a text a uh, Bible with
0: Daniel in it. Yeah. No, do you have a grand a grandson named Daniel? A grandson named Daniel. Oh, I don't remember doing that. I'll look and see. But, no, I'm asking, do you have a grandson named Daniel? Oh,
1: my God. Well, I I was just about to go to sleep
0: whenever your phone rang, and I didn't know where to go. All right, good night. (laughs) Good night, Glenda. You have a good night. God bless. Well, can you call me tomorrow? Yeah, I'll call you tomorrow. Please, I would. I wish you would. Okay, fine. Alright, I feel horrible now. Glenda is losing her mind.
1: Should I include any of that?
0: Are we back? she has. <laughs> yeah, yes, you have to include it. We didn't I didn't say did I say anything no, mean? No, you did
1: not say anything
0: mean. She was glad I called. I'm gonna call her tomorrow and talk to her.
1: Oh my but she is losing her mind. I kind of feel bad oh, about that. I think I, I think I lost seventeen years of my hey, life. Hey,
0: at least she doesn't have one of those Bibles that keeps out the book of Daniel in it. That's good to know.
1: The Book of Mormon. Are you gonna call her tomorrow? Yeah, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna be friends with her. Maybe
0: I'm gonna be, be friends. We should. With her. We should make she a. Needs, we should make a
1: YouTube out. series. Uh, talking with Glenda Jones, Daniel Jones' grandma.
0: I don't even want to make it a joke. I wanted to. I, I'm gonna make friendship with her, and she's gonna enjoy uh, my presence, and she's gonna put me in her will and give me a million dollars. Um. So shout out Glenda Jones. <laughs> Did we have anything else to I'm talk about? The best this
1: uh, maybe this no
0: holds
6: bad he He took me in the low post.
0: all right next one of our favorites nasty nick gates the guy you know um uh, if in fact i was listening to the last segment that we have on this which is weird in new york one of our talking points in that episode was like Hey, at least we get to watch Nick Gates play this week. That's mm. that's something to look forward to in all of this mess. So, um, Nick Gates is obviously our guy. He's actually been on twice. Came on the O line report. Um, so this was this was at the time like a really big moment for us. And then he tweeted out talking Giants versus the world. Anything? Nothing. Throw it to Nick Gates. All right, here's Nick Gates. But first, I know you got it in a bun. But I'm coming. I'm coming for that hair, man. I, I'm. I finally let it grow out a little bit.
4: Yeah, you're trying. I don't know if you'll catch this, but we'll see. How long have you? How long? When was the last time you cut it? Uh, shit, I get trims every probably four to six months, so they take about an inch or inch and a half off. But last time I had, like had short hair is probably four or five years ago when I was back in college. See, I. I.
0: This is my first summer doing this stuff full time. Before I was working out in the mm-hmm. Florida sun. And so I'd let it grow out, I'd let it grow out, and then it would hit like June. And I would just be like, I hate this. I'm done yeah. with it. It's in my eyes. It's well you're gonna sweaty. cave. I and know so you're finally, gonna cave. Finally, I'm I'm picking it. I'm I think I might be able to grow it out through a, a full summer.
4: Yeah, summer's a tough part. I that was we used to have the humid, humid ass summers back in Nebraska. It'd be like one oh five with like seventy five percent humidity. I wanted to cut it so bad and I was so over it all the time, but just gotta put in hats. Hats is my big thing. I used to rock so many hats.
0: I, I I've started getting the hats. Now I got called out on it. Cause I can't do, you know, I could do like a man bun, but I'm not going to yeah. do the man, bun. I can't do the regular bun. I got those, just those little black headbands and then everyone was saying there are girl headbands, but I don't care. It's, yeah. it's better than it being in my
1: eyes. So that's, right. well, that's where the sunglasses come in.
0: Yeah. But I like to, I, anyways, let's get off. You were good at tackle, um, you know, and garden center. I think you, you thrive a little more. You didn't have a ton of games at guard, but when you were out there, you were good. I do think it's just every offseason there's going to be centers in every draft that people like, and they're going to be like, "Ah, right, we could draft them. Just just move Nick out back out the guard. With with that, though, how did the center thing start? I, rem- I remember the week you started versus the Jets. You were the backup because uh, uh, Pio was down. But when was like the – like, you know, Shermer was out, Judge was in. When was like that, hey, get ready to, uh, you know, be snapping the ball this year?
4: I'd probably say the beginning of last offseason when we started doing virtual meetings and OTAs. And I talked to with Colombo and Judge and, and JG, and they all were just like, "Hey, yeah, you know, start snapping the ball. You're going to get some looks at at center this uh, this training camp. So, you know, the biggest thing is you need to get the ball back to the QB, and then we can deal with everything else after that. So,
1: well, it was also Bobby's tweet. I, I'm sure that was also an idea too, because he did a little a little bit of investigative journalist, and he was like, "Hey, Nick Gates, like this tweet. If you're practicing snapping the center, so yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> so, I I want to know." especially towards the beginning of last season, which was crazy, you know, COVID year, no camp, uh, well, limited camp, no spring workouts. So what was your, where was your brain at kind of to start last year? Cause you're going from, you know, a different coaching regime. You're going from a different system than what you were in in 2019. And you're also going into a new position as well. What, what was your, where was your brain at heading into last season, new spot, everything like that?
4: Um, I'd say my, my thing is just taking a play at a time, no matter what, just come back down to just getting simply your play done that you have in front of you. And, you know, just taking care of it one one play at a time and just keep looking at it like that. So I just, and just try to stay calm. I was like, I knew, you know, being a new position, you know, new center, like starting first time, like starting a year out, I knew there was going to be mistakes getting made and I can't let those like eat me up inside and, you know, it's going to happen. And it is what it is. And you just kind of let it roll off your back and go on to the next play. And, you know, again where the one play
0: at a time comes in so when did that like like because you know you play with a a swagger and a confidence when when did that come though where it's like all right not only am I going to play this way but it's like every play is like okay I, I know what's going on like was it in camp or like you know week three like when was it like all right this this is this is where my spot is
4: um I mean I knew everything mentally and stuff like that playbook and stuff and I did all that but just I probably started getting comfortable with it probably like around game five is when it like everything fully came together and I felt real comfortable, like making all calls, snapping the ball back there. And I wasn't worried about snapping, you know, I just did probably around game five is when I felt the most comfortable. And then it just went up from there.
0: Right. Now week four is when you guys played the Rams. Mm -hmm. And I think now here, here's the thing is, as most people don't watch the offensive line during games, you know? And I mean, Listen, I'd I like to, you know, pay attention to you guys, but it's hard to watch the offensive line during games. Oh, yeah. And it was like, all right, the Pittsburgh game happened. That's just the narrative. And then you getting into it with Donald, I really think is what kind of got the fan base on on your side. And then by the end of the year, you were everybody's favorite. Um, You know, what, like kind of explain your mindset. Like I, I think one of your brothers messaged me or commented on one of your, you know, videos where it's like he averages an altercation per game. Where like where we have we don't see that every year with everybody. Like what's where does that come from?
4: I don't. know. I've always had just you know that in me. I've always been a little run my mouth a little bit, talk a little bit to everybody, and I uh, would get into. It. I've always been like that in college, and I don't. Know, I, I I just think it's fun. It makes football more fun to get into with other people, and you know, I just I just enjoy it. So,
0: I I like it too, man. I mean, you know, I. I, I like to talk. I like to talk trash, and, and it definitely showed up with you. And I think in that game, too, there was the, the altercation after the game. And I think, you know, the two people who are probably the most about it are you and Madre Harper on the team. I think that was Madre Harper's, like, first game with you guys. Was, and he was, like, in people's faces. It was like you and him, Madre Harper were, like, in their fight while everybody else was watching. It was like, okay, so we got, we got like, two psychos on, on, on each side of the ball with Gates and Harper.
4: Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I just – like he got Tate, so I was just trying to get up. Tate, Tate's my boy. So, yeah, He's good people. Just trying to help him out.
0: Um, any anything you can share from that Aaron Donald intercation? I mean, it, it wasn't like you guys fist fought, but you're just kind of grabbing each other's face mass and shaking each other. I but really like,
4: was, you know how it was. it was. a close game there towards the end. And, you know, it's just it's just football. That's all it was. I mean, I don't really know. It just he, he both ran our mouth a little bit, and it's just I don't know, that's all it was. Is <laughs> there any
1: thought that's running through your head that? Holy shit! I'm, you know, shoving Aaron Donald right now. Does um, that is that going through the head at all?
4: Not till after the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like after after that game. It's like okay, it's like Aaron Donald got into it with number sixty-eight on the Giants. Like, no, come on, that's that's nasty, Nick. We got to get his name out there more than just number sixty-eight on the Giants. You, uh, first Nick- of all,
1: first of all, what what did you just mess up there, Bobby Skinner? I don't know. You got to tell me.
4: Give <laughs> it back to the college number. 68 oh
0: 65. 65 my man oh my you know what? i God. just sent you the email i won't give your email away but it does have you know the number 68 in it, and uh, i think that's
4: back in college
0: yeah 65 i screwed that up um, get it together wow.
4: here it's
0: all right. every offensive lineman they dream about maybe scoring a touchdown one day whether it's through a trick play through it's recovering a fumble and you have those celebrations i remember telling my coach in high school that, like hey if i ever score a touchdown I'm getting a 15-yard penalty. Like, I just hope we're on that same, you know, like you can't be mad at me. I'm getting a 15-yard penalty. One, you had to have thought all week for Cleveland. I'm scoring a touchdown this week. I'm scoring a touchdown this week as soon as you guys installed that. Um, so one, walk us through the heartbreak of not scoring that touchdown. And then two, did you have a celebration plan for it?
4: Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we had it in for a couple weeks before that. So we just kind of run it every. I think it was every Friday or Saturday or something like that, just to mess around and give me see if I could catch the ball every time and kind of you know get the gist of me. I mean, they knew I could catch the ball, but um. So yeah, so it was when they caught it, I was like, oh my god, this is a play! Holy cow! I was like, <laughs> all right. And I looked at I looked at Riley and he looked at me and smiled and they they shifted and I snapped it and I was just like, all right, I, I probably left probably half a second too early. But they, I mean, uh, BJ played it real well. He just sat there and played it perfectly and saw me leak late and then just picked me up.
0: But my, you know, I obviously, I, you know, you guys aren't reading, you know, social media comments and stuff. But my favorite was like, like Gano was wide open on the slam in the zone. It's like, that. I guarantee you that like, they didn't want exactly. Riley Dixon going through progression. It was yeah, like, I either this works or they, they cover it. Exactly. There's no in-between there.
4: Exactly. and we ran it on our defense before they even knew about it, and it, it skunked them. They had no clue. They, I caught the ball every turn. Like, what the hell are you doing with the ball? <laughs>
0: I know. It's like you, you expect some type of trickery, but not the center <laughs> catching it. I didn't even know the center could catch a pass. Uh, like I, I know, know you can report thing. ineligible and stuff, but.
4: It was weird, but.
0: Did you have a touchdown oh, celebration plan? Yeah, I think
4: I uh, I can't remember. I think there was a couple, but this is the only one I remember. I just think I was gonna shock him a beer, like fake pass out beers to like Riley and Gano and like a <laughs> couple of guys. We were gonna shock them. Like fake shotgun them, but uh
0: there's 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 a few ones. You know, I I always said if I was on the road, I would, you know, squat down and take a dump with the football if, mm. if I did it. And then I also thought just like just chucking the football as far as you can into the stands. See, is I also
4: so, thought about doing that, but I'm like, if I do that, I want the ball. Like, if I score a touchdown, my <laughs> only touchdown. And if I want the damn ball, so.
0: Cleve, knowing Cleveland fans, they might have thrown it back. So you might, yeah, I but that is done. true. You can't get rid of that 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 touchdown yeah. ball. So, I mean, I, my heart. You know, one, I'm a Giants fan, so I wanted them to score, but my heart broke. It's like, dude, that's every offensive yeah. lineman just thinks about won't that. I
4: don't ever get another opportunity, but it is well, what it is.
0: When I remember, uh, AT got the two point conversion in Dallas. And I remember oh, a clip came out that week of you guys catching passes and, you know, you're Owen three or Owen four at the time. And I remember people were like this judge guy doesn't know what he's doing. How about these guys block, not catch. And it's like, well, look what happened. They, they actually were doing that for a reason. So it ended up working out. Versatility.
4: <laughs> yeah. The more yeah. You're right. The more you can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not, like Andrew Thomas. If so, you know things don't go well, it's like, hey, look, put me at tight end. Yeah. Um, so, well, let's let's go back to the early part of your journey too, because I, you know, I I think we've talked so much about 2020 that it's like we forgot. One, you're an undrafted free agent, so the odds are already bad, and then you missed the whole first year. I mean, like, did you think like this? You know, when you had that injury, that like, oh. This is this is probably it. Like I'll keep in shape and stuff, but like this this you know my chance is done.
4: Yeah, no, I mean going on draft. So first of all, I thought I was going to get drafted and you know go through that and that feeling of going through the draft and drafted was you know was bad. So I felt didn't like it. So you know going on draft, I felt like I had something to prove. And I even left early too, so I had, you know felt like I had something even more to prove after leaving school and going undrafted and then. You know, I just got I got injured. And I thought it was after that. I thought it was I was done. I was like, oh, i getting injured. They're just going to, you know, injury, give me injury settlement and tell me to get on my way. Just because usually that's what happens under after free agents. You get hurt your first camp. And I don't know. I guess they liked me or something, thought to give me another chance. And you're like, all right, you know, kind of take this year as a redshirt year and, you know, learn the playbook, get bigger, get stronger, just get better, like healthy. And that's kind of what I went, went about it and looked at it like. So it was, a, I think it was a good year for me. You know, I, I could, you know, get in there and learn, like, the insides and the out of kind of how the league, work, league works and, you know, just, you know, how it is. It is a business, and it isn't just football and having fun anymore, so.
0: I'm a big fan of preseason football, and I want to see if you can validate my opinion. It seemed to us from the outside looking in that you were not, like you know, originally scheduled to be part of that, like, O-line group that was going to make the 53, but then injuries kind of happened in camp, and then you played well in preseason. Did you move up the depth chart with that, or was that kind of like you know you just kind of were always where you were? Say it again. And you mean the preseason and stuff? In the, or? Yeah, in the in the 2019 preseason, because yeah, like so, like um, that's where we you first caught our eyes. Like man, this yeah. Nick Gates guy, like he could be the swing tackle, and then you come in and play well. But like, did you move up in like the ranks throughout that preseason?
4: Mm, kind of, not really. I just they kind of that year. I think they just ran with the twos the whole time and. Was just doing that. And I played. I had, I had good practices. Though. I practiced real well. And the coaches liked that. And, you know, I just kind of, they had confidence in me there because they knew I could play tackle too. Or they didn't know I could play tackle until I think it was Wheeler got hurt. And uh, so they uh, we kind of, I kind of went, I was like, you know, I played tackle right now. Like, I could play if I have to. And they're like, all right, yeah, I guess. And let me go out there, and take a couple reps. And like, all right, he still has a set. And they like, all right, look, let's try him in the preseason game. So I didn't do bad. I didn't do great, but I didn't do bad, man. That. And that's kind of how it all worked out.
0: All right. Next, we're going to have Rich Soybert. And I actually ended up having to listen to the whole Rich Soybert interview for this. I forgot how like open and conversational Rich Soybert was with us. Like he was just like giving us like real answers. It was actually a lot of fun with Rich Soybert. Like there's a lot of stuff we had to cut out of this that, um, we, we couldn't like, cause we, you know, it would have been 20. I, I wanted to put the whole interview in there, but we only, I think we put like 15 minute 13 minutes or so in there. Um, so that was good. And we had him on right after we signed Pat Flaherty. So we're gonna kick it to Rich Stoiber in a second, but first it's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting part uh betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just five dollars on any game and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday this baseball season? With drafting same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total runs, extra innings, and and more. And boom, you have a total shot at an even bigger payout. Um, Some parlays. So, oh, speaking of a parlay, Angels Twitter got mad at me today, Justin. Mm,
1: They got big mad. They got big mad at you. uh, Or it was last week by the time that people are listening to this.
0: Yeah, well, I was just like, Aaron, like, so Chris Rose and and Trevor Plouffe were trying to say Shohei Shohei Otani's the AL MVP. And one of the questions that uh Ploof asked was like, if you just swap them, are the Yankees better, the same, or worse? He's like, they're at least the same. So I made the point that like one, Shohei Otani's not top five in any batting category. Aaron Judge is having an insane batting year, you know, obviously leading the league in home runs and you know his OPS, all that stuff is is off is, is through the roof right now. Um so and and I made that point with Otani and then I also said the the Yankees have the best like rotate the starting rotation in Major League Baseball right now. So you add Shohei Atani, you get his offense which is nowhere near what Joe or Joe Judge what Aaron Judge Oops. is right now. Still really good, but it's not anywhere near what Aaron Judge's offense is right now and he has to play the DH. So then it's like is Stan playing the field? So no. If you swap those two players, the Yankees would be worse off with Shohei Otani.
1: Yeah, because this is what's gonna happen every year. As long as Shohei Otani is somewhat of a good pitcher and somewhat of a good hitter, there's going to be people saying, Oh, he should be MVP every year because he does two things two and two very important things. As long as he isn't dog shit of a hitter and dog shit as a pitcher, then oh okay, is the argument gonna be every single year that he should win MVP? Uh, that is the precedent that Chris Rose and Trevor Plouffe are presenting, and I think they're wrong.
0: And he's having an awesome year pitching. You know, like he's fifth, and like, but he's not. It's again, you got to be close to like the best on. on don't one fault of those
1: Aaron things. Judge for not. Don't fault these Major League Baseball players for not being able to also pitch. Like, yeah. if they're having an insane MVP year, then they're having an insane MVP year.
0: And Otani deserved the MVP last year, but this year yes. Aaron Judge diver- deserves the MVP. Yes. Um, you know, uh, so DraftKings. Uh yeah DraftKings base. how about that actual real baseball talk on the podcast right now if your same game parlay doesn't hit you can get a free bet back up to $10 DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you get a pause and withdraw your cash whenever you want and let's not forget the part about where playing in New York is one thing and also Otani literally chose the Angels because he didn't like care about winning
1: he didn't want to face the no that's not it he didn't want to face the pressure in New York like that's legitimately it
0: yeah. And he just, he wanted to be on the West Coast and, and, and play for, and you could have been on the West Coast and played for a good team. Like he does not care about winning. And like, Aaron Judges had like what, like four walk-offs this year? Yeah. Uh, minimum three. I think it's, I think it's four walk-offs he's hit this year. So, uh, in a contract year, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code John Boy. New customers can make any $5 MLB bet and get $150 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code John by only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and will be trademarks used with permission. Now, here is our guy, Richie Soybert. So, Super Bowl, that like, you know, obviously, you like, everyone has nerves before the Super Bowl. That fourth quarter drive, though, was there, like, uh, nerves before that or was like, let's go? Let's go do it. You know, you know, we're to the industry and
7: get a speech and we're it was, going. It was, let's go do it. Right. I think, I forgot who said it. I know it's in the papers, but you know, somebody said prior is like, would you rather be done by three with a man left or be done by four? And I think if it, you're Eli. Eli and I think that's how, how our old team was. Right. I think you'd rather have, you'd rather go down and win it and go down and kick a field goal and tie it. Right. So if you're down by three, the coaches are thinking, hey, we gotta play for three, right? We don't need a touchdown. We don't need to win We can just get a three and tie. It. I'm like being a competitor, right? No matter what you do in life, like you wanna win the game. You don't wanna tie on damn game. I don't want to kick no field goal and tie tied up. I'd rather be down by four and win a game. And um yeah, it's funny how things work out, right? Down by four and we uh the offensive line gets beat and Eli makes a hell of a play and Tyreek catches it on his helmet and we score a couple of plays later. Um but no, you you're, you're you were no, no more nervous playing that game once the game started than you were any other game, right? Um, now, getting to that game, right, building up to it, the two weeks, and it, it, it might have been the longest two weeks of my life, right, um, being away from your family for so long and then them coming down in Arizona a couple of days prior to the game or whatnot, not really seeing them too much until after the game. And, um, but I'm sure, you know, we just – the O-line just did a podcast. and You forget about stuff in that game, but you forget about – You know, when somebody on their team said, hey, you know, after we beat you guys, you can come to our party. It'll be more fun. Um, You just don't, like, I don't know. know, Speak with us, you know. Speak soft, carry a big big stick, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that saying is, don't. uh, Like, Why would you say that shit playing a football game? It's just going to piss the other guy off, right? So um, I'm glad it worked out our way. Aren't we all glad it worked out our way? Yeah. That was a fun game and a fun night and a fun couple weeks. And. You know, looking back at it now, and it was it was just on TV. You know, the whole thing wasn't. I got to watch with my family, and it, it was it was cool, right? It's um, you won't forget that
1: one. You uh, did you adapt Tom Coughlin time at uh I'm
7: still, I'm still on Coach Coughlin time. You can ask the kids the coach, right? Um, listen, be on time, right? I don't care if it's five minutes early or if it's if it's eight o'clock and if it's eight o'clock. Don't be late. Don't be late to class. Don't be late to Zoom meetings. Don't be. I think I you like were just, five
0: minutes early to this because you oh, were like, "Oh, he's in the room is, now." So my I like clock is,
7: I was waiting for the text message, right? Because you guys told me you were going to text me prior to nine o'clock. I'm like, well, "When is the text message coming?" Um, but I, I think that's with anything in life, right? Like, be on time, be accountable, uh, do your job, and um, if you do that, like, you'll have a job in life and make money and have a good life. And if you don't, you're going to get fired, and you're not going to play, you're not going to have a job, and you're not going to do good in life. So, um, the whole five-minute early thing gets blown out of proportion. Uh, just set your clocks. Like in his mind, he couldn't say seven fifty-five; he had to say eight. In our minds, you know, we had to say, "Hey, it's seven fifty-five. It's not eight o'clock." Um, it's silly, but you know,
1: it, so it's just so- some of the the best Eli pranks that uh, that you've that you've been part of or that you've witnessed that
7: Eli did to us or we did to Eli.
1: Ooh, whichever one's going Which to make
0: our listener, Both, actually.
7: Well, the best one is um, – I'm, I'm not going to say any names, right, because I don't want to incriminate anybody because I don't know if his wife still knows who did this. Um, we always had – family. Well, Coach Coffin had family day with the Giants. I don't know the year, right? It's been too many years. But somebody took his cell phone during meetings because you couldn't have cell phones at meetings. So we took it. We went into the old line room or tight ends of room or running backs room. I'm not going to tell you who it was. And we said, hey, it'd be really nice if you came to family day because all the other wives and kids are coming. And then she wrote back something like, you know, we talked about this last night. He did not want me to go because we don't have kids yet. So I, me and my sister made an appointment to get us in a you know, spa in the city. He's like, well, it'd be really cool if you came because I don't want to be the to play with all this wife here. And they put the phone back in his locker. After practice on a Friday or Saturday, she was walking down and he was walking up. And he goes, like, what are you doing here? And she goes. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> a brutal, man. Right? So, like, she she ended her day. She came. We brought, you know. But huh, it, was, it was a rough couple of weeks, right? But it, <laughs> but it was all retaliation for what he was doing to us. Right? So, things people think Eli wasn't clever. But, like, uh, we all heard this story, right? Super Bowl week. We had whatever. Super Bowl year. We had green ties going to Green Bay. He took our shoes going to the Super Bowl and gave us dress shoes that were painted purple, right? And Coach Coffin made us wear them because you had to wear dress shoes, right? There's nothing or there, so you're fine. Um he would mess with our cars in training camp, right? He would put Vaseline on them or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we always we always went different ways, right? I think the one that I chickened out on and all the guys still make fun of me is Thanksgiving time. And I'm glad I didn't do it now because we got our asses kicked. We were going to Denver. Remember at Denver kicked our ass on Thanksgiving and I went to one of those turkey places in New Jersey and I bought a turkey, a live one, and I was going to put it in the meeting room for the quarterbacks. And I was like, if I put this live turkey in the meeting room, I'm like, I'm probably going to get fired by Mr. Mara, right? He's going to be pissed. There's going to be a turkey <laughs> flying around in there. So then I was going to put it in his car, right? I'm like, what if I just put it in his car? But I'm like, ah, then the turkey's going to die and we have all these animal lovers on me, right? So I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I can't put it in the room because, you know, Mr. Mara we all at Coach golf. I'm I'm really upset. i put it in the new bubble, Right, like put it in the the practice facility. How cool would that be? You're going out to walk through and there's a turkey in there. I'm like, yeah, Mr. Mayor might get mad. So I, I gave it to my buddy. He raised it. the thing. lived for like seven years, right? Um, so I felt good. That, that turkey that I was going to get his head chopped off for Thanksgiving got to live for seven. Was alive for seven years. But um, there's a lot of you know Eli. We had fun with Eli, and he had fun with us. And that's part of you know building that relationship, building that trust with each other. And when it was time to work, we worked. But when it was time to have a little bit of fun. We had a little bit of fun, and uh, he, he liked to dish it out, and he was pretty good at taking it too.
0: I actually think some of your players might listen to the show. Like we've had people like, "Oh yeah, I'm friends with you know with Rich's son." Uh, um, so if you're listening, make sure to um, do some of these to your coach. Which uh, do they ever prank you at all? By the players, a coach? Yeah, I'll make them run. Well I will right, well, just make sure you don't you don't my, I guess you can run the whole staff, team I don't
7: think the the coaching staff we have fun together, right? But not the kids, not not high school kids. Um you know, no, we we we, we I don't there, there, there's no pranking. Like we'll you know, I tell them we're gonna run we puke, but then we just cut practice short or whatnot. But that's that's what we all do, right? To give them a bowing once in a while. Um no pranks. Um high school seasons are too short to to even get into it. Um, we did prank one of my coaches, which was pretty funny. We pretended we were a girl that liked him and got a burner account or we texting him all year, right, for the whole year. Oh, that's brutal. And we were texting him, <laughs> texting him, texting him, texting him. At the last game of the season, we finally said, hey, by the way, that girl you been texting has been us. He was so pissed. But it, it, that's what keeps the, um, you know, all that stress, all that stress build up in football. You need to do this kind of stuff to, to relieve it, right, to, to get rid of it and, and to, get, to take your mind off of the game for a split second just so you can have some fun.
0: Yeah, I I suck at pranks. Like I always go too far, where it's like this is not funny. Um, one year, our coach it was it was April first, so he should have seen it coming a little bit. But we went into his office and like, hey, coach, we we got caught doing so and so after track practice, and um, we're all probably gonna get expelled. And he's just like, he said, "You got caught doing a, like," and he was a he he was a he he was a pretty he had a hot temper. So um, I realized like, you know what? These these type of pranks like aren't funny. Like making your head coach think. That like his five best players are getting ready to get kicked out.
7: You know, it's um, funny. You just said that. This up So I had a kid. I don't know, about three years ago. One of my better players. Right. He came in and showed me a picture of a, of a baby. He goes, Coach, I'm not gonna play anymore. I just have <laughs> I'm gone. Well, having a baby doesn't mean you can't play. You can still play and have a baby, right? Like you didn't have the baby. Your girlfriend had the baby. And then he, goes, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Coach. I'm like, why would you do that, right? One of my better. <laughs> Come up to me. The even four games, here. you're not going to play anymore because you had a baby. But that, that was he, they got me and all the coaches. I think the coaches were behind him on that one. They, <laughs> uh, they laughed. The kid laughed. I laughed. Um, but that's right. Like you remember your coach because of that.
0: Player stuff is is real. Um, but it maybe this is because I'm a Giants fan and you know I grew up on on watching you guys. But it really does seem like you guys our brotherhood obviously you know you got you five up front but and you mentioned some other names like it, it really does seem like you guys are some tight-knit like as tight-knit as a nfl team could be um and one of those activities is hunting we know some of you guys some you know you brought some uh, of the other guys out there who's who's the best hunter on the uh, out of that out of your guys group besides myself yeah besides yourself of course we like i said seventy-seven zero. we always what's well, funny right so uh
7: You guys talked to Tallish yet or no?
0: Probably. Like, yeah he he was supposed to come on with us for like a live stream one night and I was I texting him thirty minutes before he's like oh I'm I'm in the stand shooting ducks hunting, and I was
7: duck like, hunting oh. right duck hunting he's he's a yeah big yeah so I took I forgot where we played we got back like Monday morning like at four o'clock right and I said hey listen you always been talking about boring. how about when we get back we just run and get our bows because we couldn't have them at the stadium so that's illegal right a weapon at the stadium. <laughs> and we and we go out to my spot down here in Warren, New Jersey, and we bow hunt. He's like, Oh, that sounds like fun. So um <laughs> it's the first deer Dave ever shot at it was with me with his bow, right? And that and I think I got him hooked. I I did the same thing for Tuck, right? Tuck I took we took him to a spot, uh targeteers up there in New Jersey and he buys a, uh, he buys his bow. We we take him bow hunting in New Jersey and he falls in love with it and you know, he's been hunting more than I have. Um Hunting to me is, I grew up doing it, right? My parents, my grandparents, my uncles, my my cousins, um, my kids hunt. Um, it's just another special time, right? To be in the woods and, and to be around nature. It's, it's not about the killing, right? I know some people are against it, but listen, I eat You're everything. I, 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 I eat I, I eat everything I kill. So it doesn't matter if I go eat, you know, buy a hamburger in the store or if I make my own hamburger, it doesn't matter. Um, but I enjoy it. I, I enjoy teaching, taking people for the first time. So I think Tolson would be the best, right? Tolson hunts a lot. Uh, prior the prior group, Chris Bober likes to hunt, right? The one, the
0: Bober. The, okay.
7: Uh, Jason Whittle. I took hunting up here, you know, for the first time, bow hunting. Um, there used to be a charity Turkey hunt or a fishing tournament. they took us turkey hunt up in upstate New York and mm-hmm. they got guys from New England, Buffalo, uh, giants and the jets. That was pretty fun. Tim green actually put that on. So it was Tim green's uh, charity event up, up in upstate New York and, um you know that was cool but especially during the football season when you're playing right like after a game when you just want to forget about just take your mind off it for three hours there's nothing better than going up in a tree strapping on the harness and just falling asleep right (laughs) just relaxing because yeah um, i could never sleep that much like the first couple days after a game because you're all pumped up still like tommy boy right so i'll go in the woods and play and, and try to shoot a deer
0: every time i tell uh people we're interviewing this day they look at me like i'm crazy but when i was like when i was trying to say we're four like every sunday morning before the game whatever the mascot was we would find a video of that being shot like for playing if the giants were playing the bears we'd find a video and at first it wasn't received so well and then it became something people look forward to wait, wait what do you do when you play the team without like an animal mascot um, well, like the Bucks, yeah, the we found we found the like problem. people like shooting down a pirate ship. The car, so shooting a cardinal is illegal. So I had to like edit it a little bit, where like people shooting, yeah. and then you see the cardinal laying on the ground. Um, so we we got creative towards the end of the season. What, what do you do for Washington this year? The football team? Will you get a football team? Walmart, we what? we well we only for Washington we only did a f- a picture. We had a picture of George Washington, and then someone pulling oh. a gun at him. So that's great yeah like i said everyone looks at us like we're stupid when we do it because we are so but what the what i was trying to get to and we'll finish on this before the show ends up getting canceled um is whoever we're trying to go maybe with you tolson and and we'll bring a green screen and to get more creative with the video next year you know be like i'm rich soybert and and just like blow off the eagles logo or something i don't i don't know Uh, uh, i can't share an eagle, but the eagles logo i'd love to yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do the logo. We won't get you in uh, too no. much, you know. We won't get you fired or anything. Um, <laughs> so right. we'll we'll do our best. All right, I'll Rich,
7: upload her, upload the logo. I'll take one of their helmets and blow it up for all I care.
0: Yeah, that's you know what that's what we will do. We'll we'll get their helmets and everything, and maybe we'll get like you know we'll just Justin up in it and shoot him with like a beanbag gun or something. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Uh, yeah there we go yeah <laughs> i went to beanbag gun probably should have went to paintball gun first all right before like i said before we get ourselves in trouble rich appreciate you all right next is after the second win of the 2020 season um we have uh you know we we try to not bs about nothing at the beginning of po- like a lot of podcasts bs about nothing at the beginning of the podcast we know that people are, are here to listen to giants so we save our bsing for the last 10 minutes it's like we still could say hey Giant analysis is done. We've given you the best giants analysis. Now we get to talk whatever we want. And um just randomly brought up a story about how I almost got into a fight in a little Caesars and a Walmart.
1: It was a very very funny story, almost getting to a fight at Little Caesars, but most importantly, it's what came of that story after that I think is cool to me. And I do think there's some credence to this theory that we have.
0: Well, one, it just became like the most meme thing in talking Giants history. like our listeners meme like made as many memes and I mean we still get the little Caesars jokes like to the point where I even made a little Caesars sticker for Talking Giants, and we found out Joe Judge is a listener of talking Giants like he like a week later he brought up little Caesars Randomly. Un, unprovoked in an interview. It was like, okay, you're definitely listening.
1: You're in the pizza capital of the world in New York and New Jersey. And you just randomly bring up Little Caesars, not Domino's, not Pizza Hut. You randomly bring up Little Caesars, like, a couple days after we put out that episode.
0: Yeah, so we found out Joe Judge was a, a listener of the show through that. So here I is, believe it. I, well, we kind of found out a little bit that you may not have been a listener, but he was an observer of the show, at least. Um, So here is us talking after our second win of the 2020 season versus uh, the Washington. We, let's see, we're at the 46-minute mark. I got to find one more dumb tweet. One more dumb tweet.
1: There's a, there's JPP jokes happening right now. I did. I said, that's classless. Classless jokes. Can't if Jason Pierre-Paul has 10 fingers, that's six points for Tampa. Eric Eager at PFF Eric. Another guy who freaking talked all that – talked that talking and ain't doing nothing. Guarantee you, all you people making fun of JPP with not having 10 fingers – he beat the shit out of you guarantee you <laughs> i don't know guarantee i think you. i
0: could take jpp
1: well not not you you are you are you are a massive no, i
0: <laughs> i know but i i, I couldn't take jpp you're kidding.
1: also a guy that i can if when you get in like fight mode like i'm about to fight someone
0: i also haven't been in a fight in like seven years so like no, it I'm could not- all be in my mind of like you know, seven years ago, and then it's like 28-year-old me gets in, I'm like tired after five
1: seconds, you know? No, I think the fact that it has been seven years, that you have so much pent-up aggression in you that – if you had the opportunity to go at it with JPP, why are we saying JPP in this instance? But no, you're really mad at him for what he thought. Stop, he did Stop his- the madness. I cannot not be JPP. I don't fight. <laughs> no, but it's seven years of pent up aggression and you haven't gotten to, into a fight since then. I, I think you would, you would maybe make it like tense. There would be 10 seconds that would go by. That would be like, Oh, he's got a shot here. And then after that you get tired and it would just be bad.
0: One day I'm going to be on like a, a famous Twitter video about getting in a fight and, and, in a public place. Cause my issue is I hate when people act a fool in public and like berate somebody. Like I was in a place a, like a month ago and this woman had parked in a handicapped spot, You're not supposed to do it, but it is what it is. Some guy walks in there and gets right. But like, excuse me, excuse mm. me. You just, you just, Hey, you just parked in the, in the handicapped parking place. And she's just like ignoring this guy berating her. And I'm like, don't say anything, Bobby. Don't say anything, Bobby. And then finally, like, she's like, sorry. Like, okay. Or like, okay. She's no, she didn't say, she didn't say sorry. She said, okay. She's like, you're not even going to say sorry. <laughs> and then finally I was like, dude, we're in the middle of a little Caesars like chill out.
4: <laughs>
0: and, and he looked at me and he was like, all she had to do was say, sorry. I was like, no, she won not Your crazy ass would have still been going off. She said, sorry. And then he walked out. But I was like, I was like dude you're not going to berate this woman in the middle of, of uh. and then once I 2 years ago I was at Walmart and the same thing the self checkout's not working this guy's all mad. like he's getting mad and he was takes it the his same stuff. guy was it no, the same different, guy different, oh, different guy. guy takes okay. his stuff and just throws it at the at the lady's feet <laughs> and curses at her and I was like why I was and I was like dude don't be an asshole like see, they, there's nothing they're doing to do it and then he's f you f you and then um and then I did shove him just to be like, "Cause I didn't want to fight in a Walmart." All right, I shouldn't be sharing that, all this. Th- those were
1: two. Those were two of one of the best punchlines I've ever heard. You just said it. I do not want to fight in a Walmart, and then two was, "Dude, we're in the middle of a Little Caesars." <laughs> that, was, that was some of the funniest. Things My I've issue heard. is,
0: I just hate people. I cannot stand people berating people, and 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 I and especially women. Like I really, that really does bother me. Um.
1: I have something. I just got a tweet from friend of the program. Okay, Joel McManus, who does very good, nice little designs. Yes, McManus designs. Go follow them. He said, "At Justin Panic, when you said you wanted the Giants to be playing meaningful games in November, is this what you had in mind?"
0: That's a good tweet. That's a good tweet. A by a guy, McManus designs.
1: Yes, this is exactly what I had in mind. Being two and seven, <laughs> and being kind of two and a half games out of. First place in the NFC East. Yes, this is exactly what I had in mind.
0: <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. uh I mean, any more? Let's let's get let's get let's find one more dumb tweet. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Let's see if NYG Daily had one. He's pretty good. He's pretty good at delivering on those. All right, next is Kevin Zeitler. I actually thought you did a much better job with the Kevin Zeidler interview. This was at the beginning of me and you, uh, you joining talking giants. And I just kind of, I went so hard one. So you got to know who you're interviewing. Kevin Zeidler and Brandon Jacobs aren't, aren't the same, but I was just like, Hey, no one wants to hear about, you know, the detailed part of O-line play with Kevin Zeidler. Cause he's not going to give it to you. He's going to treat it like a press conference. Um, so Zeidler is not the most open guy. And I just kind of went too hard at like trying to get funny questions. And, uh, but you actually had some good questions in there, and uh, that's what we had on there. And Zeitler's our guy, Justin.
1: Yeah, I think one of them was uh, the whole, you know, the the videos that would went that went viral while he was a giant, where his wife would record him doing uh, o line sets in the kitchen, and that's still. Like uh, I, I look back at that fondly as a as a memory and as a time that you know that we have of how we can connect with the O line and stuff like that. Usually, it's not really a spot where they like, can connect with guys like that. Sarah Zeidler is also awesome too. I'd say we're closer with her than we're closer with Kevin. So yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. All right, here's Kevin Zeidler.
1: Uh, I think your uh, you know your wife has kind of gone viral on Twitter a few different times about uh, the origin of practicing your past sets. Whether it's in the living room with your with your lovely daughter, or it's you know taking advantage of practice fields on the soccer field when you're on vacation. So, what's the origin of practicing your pass sets in these uh in these weird in these what would some may would, some may seem to be weird and inopportune times?
0: What he's asking is, are you doing that for just to show off, Kevin? Oh no.
8: Um, so <laughs> I think that stems from so <laughs> back when I was at in high school at Wisco, that um, we were a triple option offensive team. So I never really did true pro-style pass. That's all we did was play action and, you know, all that good stuff. So when I got to the the University of Wisconsin, you know, I had so much to learn, you know, because I really – I came to Wisconsin and I, like, I wanted to, like, play. I wanted to be the starter. I wanted to be, like, on the wall there. Like, that was my goal coming in. So I just knew I had to uh, learn how to do it. So I was like – after my freshman year, you know, we just, we had a lot of depth there at Wisconsin. And I was like, okay, I'm like second string, third string. So I need to, you know, I'm in my mind, I didn't get to redshirt, So I'm like, I'm already running out of time here. So it really was just coming down to like, okay, I got to get really, really good. I want to do this, this is what I want to do. So, I mean, almost, I don't know, an hour to two hours a day, I'd be up alone in the indoor practice field on my own. In addition to weight training and speed training, all that good stuff, I'd be up there working on my pass sets like that, taking seriously, mentally picturing it, trying to learn how to snap when they tried to make me a center. Didn't work. Um, So it was like, it just became natural. Like, so that doing that extra work was just part of the day and, you know, just a constant, you know, always trying to work on that. I don't know why it always seems like, for me in my mind, I guess, you know, Ready, it's always hard for me to keep my technique than other guys, so I need to keep working on it constantly to keep everything working the right way.
0: When did you start practicing the hop in your stance? I think that came like in seventh grade, that little, I don't know, I always thought. that it, it drive coaches crazy?
8: crazy? I think so, and I feel bad about it. But <laughs> it's like, it's been seventh grade, and it's like ingrained. So I think I do a good job managing it overall like you know where it doesn't affect anything but you know just is what it is
0: i remember your first preseason do, game doing it and i was like that was a false start what's going on there and then they don't call <laughs> it and i think your wife even put out like oh yeah he's done that forever uh, yeah like a, of, i don't know i just just happened i don't
8: know i was talking about it kind of like locking into the stance after the bounce i don't know
0: uh, uh who knows? speaking of preseason do you remember turning the guy in the Bengals helmet around on the on this on a singer, certain play um i do um because it freaked me out i was like oh god are you all right what was <laughs> what did that. he
5: say
8: <laughs> he didn't say i think he was just trying to get it around but uh that was uh you know that's the crazy thing you never know when a helmet's gonna get stuck like that and something wild's gonna happen
0: yeah that that was that was a pretty cool play I, I, i'll send you the highlight if, if you want all right next was pretty recent so we didn't um pull much from it i think less than three minutes worth but it's andrew thomas which i think is maybe like our biggest one to, at least top three biggest moment in show history was interviewing andrew thomas not only interviewing andrew thomas because we were always going to interview andrew thomas but interviewing him in person in a van and i thought we got him to answer some really good football questions justin
1: yeah uh but also at least for me i think the reaction to the andrew thomas interview uh, i to- i think i talked a little bit about this during our fourth of july mailbag but i'm going to talk about it again the reaction to the andrew thomas interview was just really really cool before people even listened to the interview when you posted that picture of us actually just talking to him before it was even published just saying like oh this is so cool this is so cool congrats guys um like that affirmation I mean it's why we do this <laughs> you know we, you, we do this we put out shows and we uh you know we we talk with each other and we talk with you guys for that kind of affirmation positive affirmation that we like what you're doing so that was really really cool so I can't thank everybody enough for kind of being the reason why we're doing this
0: all right here's Andrew Thomas so you franchise left tackle for for the New York Giants fourth overall pick Some things are starting to come together with you but I know as a former offensive lineman, I know it kills gates. Is, like, your your prize moments catching that touchdown versus Tampa Bay? Definitely. <laughs> uh, for sure. I
3: mean, since I was young, I always talked about being the tight end and playing receiver, like, all the way back to high school. And other coaches believe me. So finally getting a chance to run a play was, it was the best moment. So you never got,
0: like, the trick play shot in high school or, like, a defensive touchdown or anything? So
3: in high school we had a play, but we never called it.
0: Okay. So. DJ made you work for that, throw no, he though. I did,
3: yeah. It was pressure that play. Uh, he had some pressure in his face, um, and usually in practice, you know, he puts it right on my numbers. It's, it's, yeah. it's easy. But he he threw it up there. I had to jump and get it. Um, once I caught it, though, I was I was turned. It, it made sorry. for a better picture. and we got it it, we got your,
1: a, that was your Air Jordan moment.
3: Air Jordan. Yeah, we yeah. got Air Drew. <laughs> Yeah, we got
0: we got to send you the shirts for the Air <laughs> Drew. I, I've been meaning yep. to do that. Do you now? Obviously, things didn't go to plan last year, but mm-hmm. do you still talk trash to like Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony? Like, remember, don't forget, I have more, <laughs> more touchdowns as a New York Giant than you guys.
3: Nah, I don't have to say anything; they already know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rub it in a little bit. Um, so want to talk about you know the rookie year through? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so twenty twenty. You know, yeah. obviously, you know, a, a kind of a, a two part season, right? Mm-hmm. First half, you know, kind of the rookie struggles, and then the second half, it kind of it, it kind of kicks in. So I want to know, was there like an aha moment? Was there a moment where that kind of light bulb kind of mm-hmm. came on, whether it was sucked, something technical, something in your mindset? Um, was there like an aha moment that you had to kind of transition that rookie year and turn into the, the AT that we kind of know you as?
3: It was kind of around the bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I really started to understand um, my set and stuff like that. Like in, in the early part of the season, like had an issue of like oversetting. I'm so eager to get outside, you know what I'm saying, and giving up the inside. So just working on that and then, like, my my hand placement and stuff like that. I'm still working on that now, but I think that was the biggest difference from the early um, part of the season to the the second part.
0: Who was the toughest guy you went against this past year?
3: This past year? um, I'm trying to think. Um, I actually like um, Barnett from the Eagles. Yeah. Like, I think he slept on a little bit, but, like, um, his skill set – doesn't go well with Mons, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think I'm better with, like, more elusive guys, guys trying to run around the edge, but he's, like, a shorter, stockier guy um, with good power and stuff like that. So he was somebody that I like going against this year.
0: Um, I'm still mad that Quinn got that sack on you because he, he was going for the record. He was, was dipping the edge every not, time. Not playing
3: the run at all. I was like, <laughs> not, <laughs> not even a second <laughs> of even, the Not even, yeah. I've
0: never seen a guy just, like, <laughs> dipping the
3: edge. I'm like, right. I was like, damn. I was like, he's killing
0: him, but he's going to get him one time. And, uh. But it was all good. Andrew, appreciate you coming on, man. All right, next is from a uh, a legendary voicemail caller, old old man. He was at the time sixty nine years old, so now I guess he's seventy or seventy one. Um, Gordy, and we had Gordy calling from a bridge, and then I actually included the call after it was from a famous talking giants listener, and Tim Coffee. Oh, familiar said he might jump off a bridge, so it was <laughs> a lot of. Uh, honestly i can't really explain this one you got to listen to this one to to know it justin could you read do you you, we haven't heard that's the here's the only thing i miss about having the voicemails is the mailbag pod did get a lot better without voicemails yeah but you miss moments like gordy um and just unintentionally funny uh things and people who are kind of like a part of the show like Dan in staten island he was a part of the show on, on on the voicemail shows
1: yeah, I I miss Gordy. I also I'm um, Dan from Staten Island. I know still probably leaves uh, mailback questions, but uh, Gordy, I I miss Gordy. I hope you're okay, Gordy. If you're if you're if you're listening to this, that was really funny because he like clarified like I he think I twice. mentioned I I I think I mentioned I'm on a bridge, but I'm okay. I'm not. <laughs> it, was, it was honestly like. It was a, it was a very cute moment. So, um I love Gordy. Uh one of my favorite moments of the show. I'm so glad you uh you plucked this up. Before we throw it to Gordy. Um we have a new sponsor. <laughs> Interesting time to be rolling out a <laughs> rolling out a new sponsor, but it's actually a local joint and I love my local businesses. Bear Burger. Something for everyone, yes, even you. Bear Burger. They're all about Burgers and they're everywhere. Local, yes, but they are everywhere. So many New York locations. Uh they have a location in Brooklyn as well. Hoboken, the one that I'm gonna be going to often is the location in Westfield, Westfield, New Jersey. That's very close to where I am. It is on my bucket list during this vacation week. I am going to be checking out Bear Burger. Yes, they're a burger joint, but we aren't the type to be bogged down by labels. Our menu is filled with options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're 100% vegan or you think ketchup is a vegetable, we won't judge. At Bear Burger, there's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to food that's made to taste great. Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar Happy Hour, it's the best in New York City, 12 to 7 p.m. That's a lot of hours to be happy. Monday through Friday, exotic burgers, they're back, they have elk burgers ostrich burgers and bison burgers i'm a big bison burger guy they have some lunch specials too so what i want you to do is click the link in the description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot burger joint and luncheon bear burger click the link in the description to see what they got
0: and here's gordy this
6: is gordy uh I'm 69 years old
0: and uh, nice. a Giants fan <clears throat> since I was six. I'm in Oneonta, New
6: York, and I forget what else I'm supposed to say. Oh, I'm going from a bridge over a little stream on my handicap scooter. Anyways, uh, you guys are great. I listen to five Giants podcasts, and uh, the two things that keep me from depression are you guys and uh, Romstein. Anyway, two questions. Uh, uh, Daniel Jones is reminding me of uh, Mitchell Trubisky and uh, that Jacksonville quarterback from a few years ago, whoever he was. Um, something about having no magic. Wanted your comments on that. The other thing I'm curious about, I really like Joe Judge. I mean, I, I'm, I, it's hard for me to get down on him. And I wonder what that's about. What do you think it's about that, I might, or other people too, might continue yeah. to like him, even though they're losing. Keep up the good work, and keep my spirits up. You're doing it. Thanks. Bye. All
0: right. Gordy left a voicemail call, or a, a follow-up.
6: Uh, uh, sorry, guys. It's uh, Gordy again. I realized uh, I said I'm sitting on a bridge in the stream, and... Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not suicidal or anything like that. I was mentioned depression, so
0: I'm, I'm laughing now. Uh,
6: so, uh, it's, right. it's, on, it's a little tiny stream, a little tiny bridge from yeah. I,
0: I, I feel you, Gordy. I love the water. I love to spend some time there. So I like that he called from there, and then he called back. He's like, you know what? I was mentioning, um, being depressed by the Giants and being on a bridge with my scooter, and that that could have came off wrong. So, I, I appreciate the follow up on that, Gordy. Um. So we'll answer his Daniel Jones thing in a second. Um, but uh, Joe Judge wise, I think why he likes Joe Judge is because he's old. Gordy's an old man, and Joe and wow. Joe Judge plays to the old old people. With that, I mean he plays to me too. I'm just saying,
1: that's not necessarily true. I mean Gordy's talking about why don't you have the feeling that Daniel Jones has the magic? You have the feeling that Joe Judge has the magic.
0: Has the magic. The Orlando Magic. Mm. All right, and then our one of our favorite listeners, Tim Coffee, left a call too, because I told him to. All right, Bobby, this is
6: Tim Coffee from North Carolina. Um, yeah, I'll leave a message. Talk me off. A, a, I'm going to leave. I'm going to try and leave this on the Talking Giants one, not the Patreon only. Uh, talk me off an effing ledge, man. Because what I see out of Daniel Jones is I see a guy that doesn't fit what the coaching staff wants, or a coaching staff that has no idea how to use a guy like him. And I don't see progression. I don't see jack shit, to be honest with you. I see great defense. And I see a lot of confusion out of a young quarterback that uh, really makes a lot of bad decisions. So go ahead talk me off that ledge. Because as of right now, I'm about to jump.
0: So we have Gordy calls and says, just letting you know, I'm not jumping off a bridge. And Tim Coffey calls and says, I'm about to jump off of a bridge. So that's the state of the Talking Giants voicemail line right now. Co- this me, is me what changing up the voicemail greeting has really
1: shaken up our world. This is community in action right now. This is <laughs> this is what community looks like. Um, what do we want to attack? Well, we already kind of we we said Joe. Why do you like Joe Judge? Gordy. Gordy uh, Joe Judge has the magic, or at least he feels like he has the magic. So I I think we answered that. So, so let's talk
0: about Daniel Jones. I I'll yeah. let you start. I want to say I was so pissed off at myself Sunday night, or what was it Monday morning, or whatever. Because we and you argued about that last throw. And then I went back and watched it. And I, was, and I saw it and I was like, damn it, Justin was right. Justin was right. I was so pissed off at myself. And I was waiting for tweets about it. Got some YouTube comments. I was wrong, okay? One one out of, I make one mistake in two years. It's the only mistake I've ever made. I was wrong. But I want to kick it to you. What do you. What are your thoughts of Daniel Jones? All right. Next is Brandon Jacobs. That one, this one was very recent, so we didn't take much from it. But I, I was very pleased with the Brandon Jacobs interview. I had a lot of fun doing it, um, and I am on a war path to get Mark Colombo that pussy to acknowledge me.
1: <laughs> the Giants Wire um, wrote, you know, they listened to the interview. Thank you, thank you to the to the Giants Wire. Most Dan likely, Benton. Dan Benton wrote it. That right? Yes, Dan Benton. So thank you, Dan. And he, <laughs> he had to. Cl- um, uh, what am I trying to say? Not paraphrase. What am I to transcribe? He had to transcribe the whole more Columbo quote. And when you actually like try and read it out, especially Sorry, when you're-
0: Expletive, expletive, expletive,
1: expletive. Expletive, expletive. <laughs> it's, the, it's quite a, a hilarious read when it's actually transcribed. So um, thank you to Dan Benton, Giants were pretty funny to actually uh, you know read it out. And uh, Bobby, you want to throw it right, right to it?
0: Here's Brandon Jacobs. Well, we're all sharing our favorite Brandon Jacobs runs. Mine is the one in the Dallas playoff game, not necessarily because of the run, but just to this day, my favorite celebration is you just curl hopping the ball into the play clock. Was that pre-planned, <laughs> or you were just like, fuck this stupid city and throw it through the ball? Yeah,
5: more like what it was, though, champ. Yeah. It was like, I hate these motherfuckers. <laughs> and that's like, 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 I couldn't ball up enough. I hate like, oh you know that's that's as i felt
0: yeah you could (laughs) you could feel the hate in that throw and i think that's why it's every year every time that shows up i'm like watching it over just just the sound it made Is you know you could you could put me in a room by myself and just hear that sound and i'm like that's brandon jacobs throwing the ball at dallas i think Um, i
6: think uh i think that's one of the reasons why you know brandon was so loved and still is by giant fans like he kept doing stuff like that, to, to especially teams that we hated. I used to watch him beat up the goalpost pad every single place he went. Mm. You know, he would just box the pad that had either Dallas or Eagles or whatever. And especially in Philadelphia, he loved to get on that case because he loves the fans over there anyway. If there was another place he played, didn't you tell me that one time there was no, a place no, you would no, play? It would be in Philly. It
5: no would probably be Philly. Philly's fans and I would have hated you <laughs> then. Yeah, I love that. See,
0: that's a, that's a take I have that I don't say a lot because I kind of have – I low-key love Philly fans because they're just nutcases and I I gravitate yeah. towards nutcases. I love it. I love them. I
5: love um, them to death. I, you know, tell them all kinds of shit. <laughs> so, uh, as much as I love the Giants fans, those fuckers were more mean to us than they were to anybody else. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. We know oh, that. We, we all know that.
6: We, we all know, we, it. know it.
0: Man speaking it's of awesome. people we hate from Dallas, Mark Colombo, you had your run a little run in with him back in the day. Mm-hmm. Joe Judge ended up having a run in with him. Giants, I mean we can't stand him. I thought he was a horrible coach. We nicknamed him Dumbo Colombo. Um
5: I think I think with him and I um I was going to clear something up that something Patrick Craig said before the game. Right. And I was going there with some, you know, like, yeah, you said this and you said that this fucker pushes me in my back, pushed me in my back. I'm like, oh, that's a bitch move. Like, why would you do that? Like, I beat you. I'll beat your ass out of here. And I will whoop your ass on the field. And then coach Gilbride came in. Coach Gilbride old. You know, I kind of kept my cool coach. Coach older older old, the guy didn't want to put that type of pressure on him to stop me from really, you know, doing what I wanted to do and possibly get in trouble too. So, um, he, he pushed me from behind. I thought that was a bitch, but whatever. He's a weird. He's, I he so good about it. He's he's got a metal band. So
0: I tweeted at you a couple a few months ago. A lot of celebrity boxing matches. You know, we saw Frank Gore in there, who's one of my favorite guys of all time. I, I love. Frank. What what kind of purse do we have to set up to get a Brandon Jacobs versus Mark Colombo
9: boxing whatever. match? Because
5: we he needs it, it. He doesn't have a job. It don't even it don't it doesn't even matter. I'll stop him before one. I promise you. That.
0: I need it. I really need it. It's I it need would be it. Like, hey,
5: hey pay me whatever. I'm with it. It's
0: my so, life.
2: So you, it's
5: my, no so, question.
6: So you're saying like a, a a celebrity softball game, home run derby, celebrity boxing match. I got it. We're in. Don't worry about it. I'll
5: take care of it. So you're I'm gonna you tweet your this at him.
0: He's he's a pussy. He won't react. I can't stand him, but I won't I, I before I die, I need to see Brandon Jacobs, you know, one round, Mark Colombo. <laughs>
5: I'll get in there. I'll get in there. You know. You know. With them, I'll get in there. There's no question. There's no question about it. I will get in
0: there. All right. Next, this is about a week after the 2019 draft, and I was a big fan of Daniel Jones, um, uh, in the draft process. Um, In fact, I think I referenced it in this clip, but we were not me and Danny King weren't doing talking giants as seriously at this before the draft. Like we were doing some draft stuff, but it was not in depth or anything. Um, but like, so at first, like we're like, we hate Daniel Jones cause we never watched him. We just listened to what media people said. And then we actually watched Daniel Jones before the draft. I'm like, I was like, I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's the best QB in the class. Um, and then when I really dove into him, I kind of, I did fall in love with Daniel Jones, Been, been it looks like I'm wrong on that. But, but I did fall in love with Daniel Jones. But here's something I will stand on. The media conversations around Daniel Jones sucked. They were, they, you know what they were? They were like me three weeks before this rant. Lazy. They were very lazy. And I went in on them. So I I love, uh you know, some of my favorite content is, you know, my podcast rants. Um, and this was the first one ever in Talking Giants history.
1: Yeah, but people are going to not listen to what you just said about criticizing lazy media takes but they're gonna hear one of your first lines as a uh, i can't wait until daniel jones proves all these people wrong so i can go on a on a quote tweet fest and that that hasn't happened so
4: i
0: mean i Sucks. did well i was right in a sense like the the way they talked about him was wrong and especially after that rookie season like people did have to eat some crow on daniel jones yeah um so here is the first ever rant a week after the 2019 draft. How long it t- What? How does the Miley Cyrus so, song go? It's Oh, it's not a – I don't know. It's the climb.
9: all I'm <laughs> gonna
0: say. It's the climb. Uh, we're starting a mailbag today, Twitter questions. But anyways, I got a rant though. I, I wanted to start off with that positivity because I'm about to go off on these fools. I am so freaking tired of talking heads and beat reporters. Talking about nonsense. Dan Orlovsky saying, uh, he said, Daniel Jones makes, he makes good throws. He's really, he's a good, he makes, has good film. But my worry about him is his off field, that he's too aw shucks. Dan Orlovsky, what does that even mean? He's too aw shucks. Have you watched him? Like, seriously. And he, I I mean, Dan Orlovsky, like, he does break down film, but it's like, what are you talking about? Are you just looking for a reason to not like the guy? What do you mean? oh shucks. You mean the guy who rips the ball out of a running back's hand on fourth and one to get the first down when he's getting tackled? The guy who never takes a sack easily, which is something I want him to actually do. But like, like you watch every single sack of Daniel Jones, and he's trying to get away, get his way out. He treats it every single time, like at Super Bowl Forty Two, and David Tyree uh, open down the middle, and. It's just—it doesn't make any sense, and I know I, I kind of know what it is. Is that he had Haskins came on, got to get up. I'm going to praise this guy. I'm going to pick this guy, and then this guy I'm going to say bad about because it's an easy target because people didn't really know about Daniel Jones. Likewise with us. I mean, I was talking on, on my buddy, my buddy's show, the Sports Hour. Go check him out. And like I, three weeks before the draft, me and you, Danny, were like, "Yeah, Jones. Like, well, I hope we don't take him." And then we kind of watched him. We watched a few games, and we we're like, "He's actually not bad." And then now that we've washed all it's like, I think he's freaking good. So, Dan Orvlosky, and he's actually the least of these people on my list. I got a list now. I, I started bookmarking oh, no. I Oh, I cannot wait until Daniel Jones is successful because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a retweet fest. And then uh, Joe Dolan, who's a fantasy boy, I guess. he I guess he hosts a serious show. I was looking at his profile a little bit. He, he's like a fantasy football guy, um, which I'm calling him fantasy boy. He said, he tweeted off, when someone says – that uh, a quarterback's best quality is that he doesn't make mistakes. It's usually code word for he's not really good at anything. It's like, well, Joe Dolan, who said that? like a, a few talking heads on TV. Like, what are you talking about, Joe Dolan, you fantasy boy? Why don't you learn? And, and if you're going to talk about somebody, put a name on it. At least when I do stuff, so I tag people in it. Put, put a name on it. And I call them out, like, hey, fantasy boy, look at the scouting report. And all the positives. Where does it say he doesn't make mistakes? And he, he does make some mistakes. But all the all the positives are, his, you know, the way he puts the ball in the tight spaces, his accuracy, his moving on the run, or throwing on the run, his mobility. Like, where, where are you getting this from? It's from a few talking heads. Why don't you do some homework, fantasy boy? Um, and he didn't have the balls to reply. Jeff Schwartz. And I've actually liked Jeff Schwartz in the past. There's times where he he gets full of himself, and I think he he's, smells himself too much. Now, Jeff Schwartz will break down film, and he'll show his work on Twitter, which is cool. Like, that's the kind of stuff I like. But Daniel Jones, and I, I did a Twitter search of it, he hasn't done that once. All he's done is given hot takes. He, this is this is his analysis on Daniel Jones he's not gonna be good because uh, oh because baldy did the video a couple videos on Daniel Jones the the one where he's scrambling against UNC and getting the touchdown and like Jeff Swartz like is trying to call Baldy an idiot saying like oh mobile Q, like running QBs they don't work it's like have you watched Daniel Jones film he can run but he's not a running QB I don't like you obviously are ignorant and that's why I asked him I was like hey man usually when you uh When you talk about a player, you do some film on it. How come you never did that with Daniel Jones? No reply. And I called him lazy. And Orlowski, his All shucks take is lazy. Some of the other stuff he does. Like, him as a whole, like, I won't get on Orlowski's, like, whole body of work. I probably shouldn't have called his whole body of work lazy. But the All shucks take, like, that was just dumb. But Jeff Swartz, what do you mean? Like, you haven't done any homework on Daniel Jones. You just kind of went with the masses. And now that people are actually doing their homework and you're getting some pushback, like, oh, all these Giants fans are calling my me lazy because uh, I didn't like their players. No, we're calling you lazy because you're just giving out takes with no evidence. You're saying, no nope, running quarterbacks don't work. Well, Daniel Jones isn't a running quarterback, Jeff Schwartz. So maybe do your homework, okay? He sits in the pocket, but he can move around. He's almost more like an Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but that's kind of like his playing style or Ben Roethlisberger where he doesn't want to go down. So this isn't like, oh, Daniel Jones, like, He's the next RG3 or Marcus Mariota. That, that's not who he is. So just shut up, Jeff Schwartz. And if you're going to talk about somebody, do your freaking homework. That's what you get paid to do. Um, instead of being like, oh, I
2: gamble. Oh, boy, I
0: lost my bet. Ooh, like that gets old, man. Do your freaking homework. And then Warren Sharp, I don't know who this cat is. I guess he's got 90,000 followers. He has a thread of just bashing Daniel Jones. Like, wh- like, what's the deal, man? Like, yeah. Oh, it's like posting videos of people's reactions. Like, dude, you're you're paid to be a professional. Why are you just, like, giving hot takes? And I'll even take some shots of the beat reporters, none by name, because some of them are actually doing really good jobs. But if I see one more story about this person says Daniel Jones would have been available at 17, or this person says Daniel Jones would have been available at 30, I'm going to puke because I'm just (laughs) so tired of seeing the same freaking story over and over again. Oh, yeah, you're telling me people are talking about – are saying that they wouldn't have taken it? Oh, you think, guy? You really think that's what's happening? It's just – So dumb. I mean, we have our first first first-round quarterback in 15 years, the first quarterback where it's no doubt he is going to start and be the future, not this Davis Webb, Ryan Nassib stuff. Like, this guy is the future whether we like it or not, and whether he's good or not, he's going to get his chance. So, like, it's like What's the point of writing these stories? Why don't you actually like learn about the guy and give us some substance, just, instead of the just same regurgitated crap over and over again? Like Dave Gettleman said this. If I was Dave Gettleman, I would never. I wouldn't say another word. I'd I'd pull the Bill Belichick process and just be like, next question. We're on to Dallas. We're on to Dallas because every time I try and talk to you guys, you guys take you take it and run with it. And and if I have and then now we're getting articles. Are are the Giants going to take the Arizona model and draft Justin Herbert next year if they have a top two pick? Like, are you serious, guys? We haven't even started rookie camp, and you're kicking him out the door. Like, do some freaking homework on the guy. I'm just I, I'm not asking you to like I'm not asking you to agree with me or rant with me, Danny. But say some words because I'm I'm that neg that positivity from the beginning has
1: turned into negative. <laughs>
9: No, no, you're right. Yeah, obviously you're right. Yeah. All
0: right, next is Sandro Plattscomer. I think this was one of your favorite interviews, Justin. Yes,
1: yes. Yes, because I, uh, I made Sandro Plattscomer laugh. Um, and he was one of those guys where uh, – you know, since we talked about this with Darnay Holmes a little bit, had a had a trouble cracking his shell a little bit. Um, but there was actually a lot of good moments that Bobby was able to pull from the from the Sandro interview. But my one of my favorite mo- memories, just as a whole, is I, I joked with uh Sandro about Ronnie Barnes, the team doctor, has been here f- like for forever. and I'm pretty sure he is still here, uh, Doctor Ronnie Barnes, and I love him. But it's also, do we actually like him? Because we look at the Giants' medical status on the team, and it's like, well, it's not very good, but who's the problem? I don't know. But uh, we actually got Sandro to say that he's actually had conversations with Dr. Ronnie Barnes about eventually kind of being the team doctor for the Giants because he is studying in Austria to become a doctor. So I thought that was a really, really cool connection, uh, a behind-the-scenes thing that Sandro... uh, that Sandro revealed. So after he's done being a running back for the Giants and he gets his PhD, Sandro Platzgummer, Dr. Sandro Platzgummer for the Giants. I'm I'm
0: for that. Like when if he does get cut, like I am saying let's hire Sandro as to the New York Giants and some yeah. f- some facility and then eventually he'll be the team doctor. Like like I will be pushing for that. So here is <clears throat> Sandro Platt. And, and the Sandro thing is cool. Like the internet I I am like you know, the Giants signed uh, Roy Mbatika from from uh, Nigeria. Like I love the international pathway program. I think it's the coolest thing ever. I don't yep. care if Sandro doesn't ever turn into a real NFL runner. I think it's, I think it's something that the end. It's one of the one of the few smart things that the NFL actually um, does that it doesn't absolutely doesn't actually need to do. So yep. Um. So I I love I love that. So here's Sandro Plattskimmer.
10: Was it right after the season? I got like a call from from guys working for the NFL international program. And they told me about the testing that they have in October and uh, the best players eventually get to IMG Academy and might have a chance at, uh, you know, getting on an NFL team. And it's only four guys making it every year. So at that point, like I thought like, well, at least I get the invitation. And um, I think because I usually have pretty good measurements I felt like I, I can actually have a shot at this. So I just healed up after the season. I played through it like an, a, sh- a shoulder injury and uh, started working out in the off season. Probably, how was it, maybe two months or so. And then uh, mid-October, they flew me out to, to Germany, not too far from here. And uh, we had the testing and uh, I did pretty well. And then uh, I had to wait, basically. I had to wait until December. Just kept working out, Um I was in university all the time. Um, and in December, I actually got the call that I was going to be going to IMG Academy, working out with the pathway program, being part of one of, uh, was it nine guys and, uh, and four of those nine guys eventually would make, uh, an NFL team. So at that point, it kind of got pretty real, you know, people were always talking, uh, people already knew like, well, Sandra, I have no doubt you're going to make this and everything. So, you know, it was, it was a step-by-step thing for sure. Like every year was better. And then I got that call. I was at the testing. Then I was uh, at IMG Academy. And then from there I got the call to to the giants and, and that's, you know, everything else is history.
1: Right. I feel like, I feel like Ronnie Barnes has been here since 1924. Um, he's been in the Giants organization since then. So, uh, well, why don't we, uh, why don't we get you over here so you can be the team doctor? I would love that. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's my, that is my vision for you 25 years down the line after you retire from the Giants. So that's, uh, that's, that's my vision for me, for you.
10: Yeah. You could imagine, uh, uh, me and Ronnie talked about exactly that thing a couple of times for sure. And I'm, I'm sure he would like me to, to be able to do that. but, um, I can't tell you now if, if that's ever going to happen right and obviously it will be more than not uh, than a dream like i, I would probably wake up every day and be like how is that possible i play for a <laughs> job and i'm a doctor that's that's just impossible well, so uh, un- until that happens i'm not gonna you know sit, think about it at all it's just things gonna happen the way they're they're going to yeah.
0: well what whatever you do just let us know and we'll be you know we'll we'll lead the media charge to get sandra to do whatever he wants whenever that happens um now, I want to finish it off with this, and I didn't know if I wanted to bring it up. In 2018, you beat the Bratislava Monarchs 65-6. to Is there anything that sticks out in your mind about that game from other games? Because, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you won a lot of big games. Is there anything that sticks out, whether it's positive or negative from that game? Uh,
10: there's always positive and negative from games. I remember that game. I'm pretty sure it was, the, it was the first game of the season. And I'm also pretty sure that, um, cause Bryce Dava which is, they were, there were a team that came up from the lower league. So we didn't expect them to be that great. I think I played for a quarter, maybe a half. That's how it usually uh, goes when you play a team like that. And I remember because, um, at that time I was already, you know, playing really good football in the years before. And I just tried to be in an even better shape in that year. So, uh, at the, at the start of the season I didn't really focus on 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 some fundamentals that I should have and that was the first I think that was the only game in my career I actually had two fumbles on I, I think I didn't fumble the rest of the season for sure and I, and I didn't fumble all 2019 but I had two fumbles in that game which eventually uh I think a receiver somebody on my team recovered so it wasn't really that bad but it could have been bad yeah and I also remember I think I had a I think it was, it was only, was it four carries? I had like a 45-yard average on every carry, which was crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I watched the highlights. So I always pride myself on every player the Giants add. I go and do research, and I, wa- like, and I watch, you know, because that's, that's how we gain our following. Um, and then so when the Giants signed you, I'm like, well, how am I going to watch you know, him? It's just going to be highlights. So my best friend, who was my college football teammate, played for Bratislava he's actually the guy who caused both those fumbles on you was him. Yeah. Um, so I felt bad because I shared, he sent me the video and I felt bad because I shared the videos of our, our, like you said, your only fumbles. But uh, it's, it's a small world. Like I said, I'm from Florida. I played college in Minnesota. He was from Florida too. He played in that. I, I just called him. I was like, hey, do you know this guy? Now he said you were a baller. We actually had him on the show when we talked about you. He said you were a baller, but he he was the guy who caused those two fumbles on you. He was an American was a, from Florida.
10: That's that's just how it happens. Like it, it's just a, a a little thing that you'll be embarrassed about for the rest of your life because they'll you know, maybe it comes up in in twenty years and somebody's gonna say like, man, Sandra, remember we had one game where we had two fumbles.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like you said, you I mean you averaged forty five yards in that game. I mean you were you were insane. <laughs> so. Uh, it, it was just funny. It was a small world that my best friend happened to be the, the guy who I think, did that.
10: I, I'm not even sure if I, if I was called the player of the week, but I, I know I had like 180 uh, yards on, and four carries. And I was embarrassed because I had two fumbles, you know, and, and that didn't really show up because we didn't lose the ball. But I, I hated that game. So <laughs> you sliced. Really- I mean,
0: both of them were him running from behind, you know, like from behind. So it wasn't like, you know, it was a big yeah, hit and, or nothing. And,
10: and, well, I don't want to make any any uh, excuses, but it was the first game and my conditioning was really bad because uh, I was like, I had like a hip flexor tightness going on for like all preseason, basically, like all the camps. So I didn't run as much. I didn't run as much as I used to. So I was, after that first touch, I think the first play was a touch on like 60 yards or so. Yeah. And then, and I was already like, my, my, my body was already shutting down. I was like, I was not in shape in that game, and then, and then on the second run, like <laughs> even towards the end of the run, my body just gave up. So I just I just held the ball. I was already like falling over almost. So,
0: uh, well, listen, Sandro, game, I-, I, I think I'm going to see him on the fourth of July. I'm going to tackle him from behind uh, when he's not looking and and get payback because you know we I'm a Giants fan before I'm a friend. So I'll, I'll uh, I,
10: mean, I actually appreciate that because it actually uh, improved my ball security. Uh, over the next year and you know once uh, if you never fumble you kind of get lazy with, uh, with with things you know you might not keep holding the ball up here because they're like i, I never fumble anyways
0: yeah no one then, ever touched you but, i mean you were just and, juking people and, out of their somebody, shoes
10: somebody's gonna show like show up your your weaknesses and then uh,
0: all right let's finish it off which again this next part is from my favorite podcast in talking giants history and listen uh you, you really can't get The whole episode from this because it's just so all over the place but i'll just kind of set it up is you know me and danny king um this was uh daniel jones was hurt it was before that dolphins game which ended up being eli's last start i went to the bronx um and so at the time i couldn't say in the episode but the john boy media was getting an office in the bronx so john boy told me to stay in the bronx but when I got there, the office wasn't ready. So me and yeah, my brother's be like,
1: do you, you probably didn't even go to the office.
0: No, it was it was a it was like I was going there for the Giants, but it was me and my brothers went. It was a vacation. Like we pay you know, it was paid out of pocket. It was a vacation. So we literally took a vacation to the Bronx. It was so stupid. Oh my god. Uh, it was when incarcer- <laughs> it was in when incarcerated Bob um had tweeted out like as soon as I landed, incarcerated Bob tweeted that like Shermer's out and he was right up you know, it was it was uh it was true um janoris jenkins uh his tweet that got him kicked out i actually picked janoris jenkins as my giant factor hours before he was cut aaron hernandez gets mentioned in this i had my first john boy media gripe in this it's it was a fun podcast when i go back and listen to it because it was the most fed up i've ever it's it was the first time i was just fed up with talking giants and it was the week when people started saying the giants should draft to a um even though Daniel Jones was having a really good rookie season,
1: that was actually one of my biggest weeks in content ever. Like, uh, maybe not like not numbers wise, but what really like propelled me because I was retweeted by Sam Munson, I was retweeted by Carl Banks, and um, so yeah, the the week that the whole Tua stuff uh, started. So we were on very different ends of the spectrum, you and I, <laughs> that week.
0: <laughs> well, I actually had a pretty one of my biggest videos at that time, as and I deleted it. Um, is I did a video of me pretending to shoot heroin while Oh I said, yeah, while again, giant, very different you and I While the giant, sh- I was like I, I titled it, the Giants should absolutely draft Tua and move on from Daniel Jones and I start talking about it using the PFF sand talking points and I start wrapping my arm with a cord and then I start just cooking Burning a spoon, the spoon. I, Obviously not actually doing heroin but it was making a joke Preparing, after, so. preparing so that, to do that it That video is gone, I don't even have the video on my camera roll but I do have a screenshot of me with the the lighter under this Okay, So let's finish it off. Post it to Patreon. With podca- this podcast titled Weird in New York. We have a lot to talk about. For one, I'm in New York. I'm in the Bronx, baby. We got Janoris Jenkins going after fans. We got talks about Daniel Jones in the future. This has been a weird week since Eli on Monday Night Football. Dan, I don't know what happened on Monday night, but Eli Manning coming and playing has made everybody lose their minds
9: yeah it's 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 a strange world Giants land right now but but before we get that I just want to congratulate all the Yankees fans on you guys signing Garrett Cole so congratulations on having the second best pitcher in New York
0: oh you know I'll give you Syndergaard he's a beast I like or or not
9: Syndergaard I I was like (laughs) I was like I was like hold on there a minute there
0: yeah
9: I'll I'll give you DeGrom I
0: won't even hate I think DeGrom is the best pitcher in the game that being said, it is nice to have them. The city is buzzing. You no, know, you know what? It's actually not. The city is not buzzing. I I can't stand the Bronx. I'm going to be completely honest. And we kind we figured it out after a while. Part of it is we just walk through the hood as like three white boys, and people are like, "Who are these people? We've never seen them before." And because like no one comes, to, no one comes to the Bronx on vacation.
9: Yeah, it's so, worse in the Bronx.
0: <laughs> yeah, nobody does that, especially when there's no Yankees games going on. Um. And so, and so, you know, we were with John Boy Media and I don't have, I haven't had barely any complaints about John Boy Media. Him telling me to stay in the Bronx is my biggest complaint. I can't stand staying in the city. Everything we're doing is not in the Bronx.
9: I told you to stay in Manhattan. I was like, (laughs) Manhattan is the place to be. But you're like, nah, I'm staying in the Bronx. I'm like, all right, buddy, you're going to have nothing fun to do in the middle of winter. This hotel is half the size of what it looked like on the
0: pictures. Uh, (laughs) This place is the Bronx kinda sucks. There's not even that many good food spots. Um, like the first half an hour just walking around like mean mugging every single person. It's like, all right, are we gonna have to fight? Because like we are like that, like mean mugging every single person that like we're sizing <laughs> people up. Um, I think we figured it out though. So I, I think we're gonna avoid fights.
9: <laughs> I mean anyway, that that's I guess the whole goal is to not fight anyone. But yeah, I mean the Bronx. Well is I did boring, say I,
0: like I did like, you know, put an open invitation to anybody
9: yeah, you who wanted though. to fight me out there. Just get, just get on the four train and you'll find someone.
0: How do you even use this like the train though? Like to go to Man. I mean, we got a car, so we want to use it, but like I don't even know how to use the train.
9: You just go to a near subway station, you go to the platform that'll take you to Manhattan, you're on your way. Yeah, but how do you get like a ticket or anything? Well, no, you need like, yeah, you need like a ticket or like a metro car. It's a metro car type thing. I guess you get like well, a How do you get a metro one. car? It's uh it's probably like a ticket booth when you go into the subway station. This is
0: well we'll be driving anyways. Um, but i'm luck. figuring out new york i've sized new york up i've come to kick its ass and i think it's gonna happen <laughs> um you know I, I visited my old house in new jersey that was kind of cool uh this is actually my first time in the bronx even though you know i was born in jersey and that family have a new york first time in the bronx and i think I'm, ru- I'm i think i'll be running it by the end of the day
9: <laughs> oh yeah you'll, you'll be you'll be the bronx borough president until you'll just walk in and be like all right this is my borough now well, I, my, my first correction or my second correction, you know, my first one was like,
0: okay, don't just walk through like the apartments. My second one is don't wear your talking giants hoodie, Bobby, because you are really tall and people are going to go, are you wearing that? Cause you're a giant and it just leads to bad conversations. So I went and got a new jacket.
9: <laughs> no, I host a podcast called talking giants. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So we got Thursday night football on. And in the
0: background behind Tony Gonzalez, there's someone holding up an Aaron Hernandez Florida Gators jersey. Can
9: anybody else see that? That, that, is, that is actually hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can't do anything about it.
0: I wish I wasn't doing this podcast right now because I would clip that. What a, what a loon. In if loon. Isn't it weren't this too. podcast,
9: you should have gone to the Fox Square. You could be talking to that guy.
0: Is it, is it in New York?
9: Yeah, they're filming at Fox Square in Manhattan. Oh. Well, I didn't know that. My mom's like, you can go get behind Good Morning America. I'm like, why the hell would I want to do that? Oh, that's like a huge thing. You want to get on behind that. <laughs> like, everyone's like, guys, let's go. Like, well, I'm in the City, like, really more like, guys, we catch Good Morning America. I'm like, I didn't come to the city to just stand in the middle of the cold just to have, like, my hand appear on TV.
0: Someone has a Percy Harvin Jets jersey showing up in the background, too. These people are wild. I kind of love it. <laughs> um so yeah new york's been all right it's it's cold It ain't it ain't like that cold but it's it's, it's pretty cold by the way if this is your if this is your first episode i won't even listen to the rest just be like i'll try it again on some other time because this episode is going to be off the
9: rails yeah all right look, like we don't care about the Giants dolphins it's it's a game <laughs> well, that i'll like, be there so i you, you'll, you'll be there but like let's be real it's the tank bowl version too and, like, no one knows what's going to happen. The Giants could lose. It's not going to be, like, a fun game. Like, I checked, like, the announcers because I always like to see who's announcing announcer just to know, like, if I'll be annoyed, listen to them. It's, like, two guys I never heard of. I'm like, oh, well, that's the sign of how bad the Giants are.
0: <laughs> I can't get over this guys. Aaron Hernandez, seriously. Um, <coughs> what, a, what a wild move. Uh, and I noticed nobody wears Giants gear in the Bronx.
9: Yeah, yeah in the Bronx. Like, it's, I feel like I everyone only wears Yankees gear. Yeah, so I got my Yankee, I got my Yankee
0: beanie on and my black jacket.
9: Ah, oh, so like, you'll you'll fit in perfectly.
0: Exactly. That's what I have. So like, I got to go with myself a black jacket, um, so I can I can look like a local. <laughs> um, and I just mean mug people. That's like my thing. That's
9: your thing. <laughs>
0: um, that's your that's your way. That's your way of avoiding contra- uh confrontation. To be honest, nah, just. I've- just to make I that like, person think that you might sh- like shoot
5: them or hit them with brass knuckles
0: I guess that's man, the way that's, to avoid. I guess that's
9: just ha- I guess that's just how it is in the Bronx. When you're on the subway, you just don't make eye contact with a single person. Just, like <laughs> one day I'm coming back from um, the Mets game. They're playing. I forgot who they, play- they were playing. They're playing like uh, the Indians. And like there's this guy on the subway, it, crazy walking back and forth between the cars, like like doing like gun symbols, doing like 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 throwing up like gang symbols. Oh like, yeah, he, those he, guys he,
0: you avoid eye
9: contact. He, he, he was just like crazy, and I'm just I'm just sitting there staring straight at the other passenger across from me. He's just walking back and forth and the worst part was we were the last stop and so everyone got off the train at Times Square and it's me this other um, uh, me and my mom went to the Mets game and then this guy we're the only ones on the car and he's walking back and forth and I was like oh this could be the end right here
0: see the way you get on the good side of those guys or like you get them to not mess with you is just go tell them about it bro tell them them. you're right man keep on speaking that truth even though they're saying the craziest stuff in the world (laughs) and they won't mess with you It's it's a good tip
9: are you planning on going to Times Square during your stay? I think I
0: don't know. I don't even know what Times Square is. I, I'm going. I'm we're going to Manhattan or whatever on Saturday. Anyways, <laughs> should we talk some Giants?
9: I guess that's what the show is for. All right, Danny, you got all the bulletins. You got the outline for the show. Topic one. All right. So the first story was I found out about it when you tweeted it today because I I was I was in the parking lot having my coffee on my break from school. And then I saw you say something about incarcerated bomb. Like, oh, God, what did this guy say? And he said, according to his source, according to. All
0: right. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Those of you who listened to the whole thing, I thought this was pretty cool. We we won't do we'll do another best of in three years. So two thousand twenty three two thousand twenty five this episode July whatever that is in fact I'm gonna find the date it will be our next best of uh, Giants podcast Justin
1: can't wait over two hours this was so I hope <laughs> for those of you who work long nights work long days uh, and you and you enjoy these long shows or if you took a couple days to listen to it I hope you enjoyed it.
0: yeah so it will be on Wow July 4th is on a Friday that year so wow. Maybe Tough. we'll do the Fourth of July mailbag on July third, and then
1: okay. Or, right. or
0: I don't know what we'll do, but we'll um. All
1: right, well, we'll, we'll we have time. You know, we'll
0: plan that in two thousand twenty-five. Mm, I thought we were going to plan good. it. Sounds um, good. So we appreciate you guys. Friday we have a bleeding uh, blue episode. We're talking about the uh, you know uh, w- what's the name of the thing we're watching, and then all right. So about? we're
1: gonna we're gonna watch the two thousand eleven America's game, and then I also figured that snacks doesn't really get a. A really good opportunity to talk about his emotions and his feelings on the Giants this year that maybe we can even do that with Snacks a little too like get Snacks not behind a Twitter account not behind where he's being threatened and he's going to get canceled because he wants to boo people like let's get him in a room and let's actually sit him down and let's hear what he has to say about the Giants today so we'll relive some glory days and then we'll talk to Snacks about his thoughts on the Giants today too
0: excited for it All right, we appreciate you guys we'll see you on Friday until then Hope you enjoyed your 4th of July, by the way. Until then, let's go, big blue.